Hey, yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry, and I'm joined by a man who can't quite figure out how computers work, Mr. James Key. Hello, James. Dude, I, if I didn't know you were Dustin Perry before today, I definitely do now for the amount of times we have run that intro. Yeah, I, I don't know what, like, everything should work. And you know what's stupid? We don't touch anything. It works one week, and then the next week, it's like, it's like Roddy. The computers are like Roddy Piper. Just when you think you have the answers, the fucking system changes the questions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you have no idea because uh, James fixed everything in post, and it, everything would have sounded just as well as it should have. Yeah, you have no fucking clue. As a listener, you have no idea. Yeah, we have re-recorded the intro about nine times now, and that's fine. We are here now, and we're also joined by the Nightingale Master, Mr. Maddie I haven't even started yet. Like, I downloaded it. I started, like, character creation, went in, and we started this. So we'll see how it goes because it's severely hyped, like, severely hyped. So I'm very curious. Yeah, I mean, it's got a 6 out of 10 on Steam so far, so it's uh, real hyped. Well, that could also be, hold on, that could be due to early playtests and alphas that have been around for a bit. So that and could be like an early... web of video games. No, the oh. game literally came out today. But I'm sure Dustin has already seen uh, Modern Web. We're going to talk about a lot of things on this <laughs> week's show. <laughs> One of which, of course, will be Madam Web. But before we get to that, we are going to talk about the PWHL, Austin Matthews. The NBA All-Star Weekend. Spring training has opened for Major League Baseball. There's a lot of things happening there. We're talking jerseys. We're talking Scott Boris. We're talking Daniel Vogelback. And the crossover has started. Conor McGregor Mania is happening. All of that and a whole lot more coming up on this week's episode of 43.6, which of course is brought to you by Now Your Treasures, which we'll talk a bit more about later. First, we do like to go over what happened uh, in the past week since we last gathered around these microphones. And it was a long weekend, at least in Canada. I think there's probably a long weekend in the United States, too. Dude, they probably have some holiday President's or whatever. Day. But President's it was the Day. longest of weekends. If you have a kid in school, Friday, do, they, they fucking like, fuck do you. this on purpose. PA Day Friday. Holiday Monday. Those selfish pricks, man. I tell you. Listen, I... Teachers are great, love them, mad respect, but you're selfish because four-day weekends, those are tough to fill, man. Tough to fill. Oh, you're saying like you have the four days and now you need an extra day to keep your kid busy. Yeah, because I got to come up with something now for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I had a, a full <laughs> week full of stuff on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Then I should have just um, had my kid tag along with you. In some cases, it would have worked out real well, actually. There you go. But what did you fill those days with? So, uh, Saturday. What did I do Saturday? We we took my dad out. We went walking with my dad to make sure you know he's recovering. Um, and then we. What, what did I do? Did I do anything after? I don't remember. No, we hung out <laughs> like there at my dad's. And then Sunday, um, not too much. I took her skating again. 
Um, she had her soccer on Saturday too, so it's been busy with like doing those kinds of things. She's picking she's up probably already really better well. skater than me. Sorry, she's probably already a better skater than me. It's entirely possible. She's really good. She's not using the the leaning thing anymore. It's only been three times, and she's already like going from one end of the ice, like one side to the other side on her own. She falls every once in a while, but pretty good. And then Monday, I don't know if you saw my Instagram, but I went to an antique show. Oh, oh, I did Center. see this. Yeah, it's so, so every holiday, Centerpoint Mall, they have like vendors come in with antiques. It's at Young and Steel's for those in the Toronto area. And we, like, I was like, well, we'll go for a walk and just kind of look around. Like, it's just good to get out and move. And then one of the vendors had a whole bunch of old shit. It's so, like gramophones, an old t- um, telephone, like with the horn and the bells and the where you like turn it had one of those and then on the table i noticed something that looked like super odd it had like a gun and some bottles and stuff and i looked at it and i'm like that's a vampire hunting kit and so i asked the lady i'm like what is this she's like it's a vampire hunting kit and i was like boom confirmed <laughs> told you um and it dude it looked awesome and i said like like where did this come from she said it's sourced from like different countries in europe I said, that's crazy. I said, said, how much is it? She said, it's $1,000. I said, first of all, if I'm being attacked by vampires, I'm not going to be like scrambling. Where's my $1,000 so I can go buy this kit, right? Second of all, um, I asked, she was like, so like I said, I'm Hungarian and vampires kind of like, you know, they, um, they originated in like Hungary area. So it's just my husband. He's yeah. Hungarian. He runs They're hungry for blood. Hungary for blood. And then there was a, a box next to the um, vampire hunting kit and it had like a cross with Jesus on it and it was locked. And I was like, what is that? Because like that interests me. And she's like, that is an exorcism kit. And I said, what the <laughs> fuck? She said, yes, it's an exorcism kit. And I said, what's in it? She says, I don't know. I haven't seen inside of it. I said, oh, okay. She goes, my husband has. You can ask him. I said, will he open it? She said, no. He gets very uncomfortable. I said, what? So I asked him about it. And he said, yeah. He said he's opened it on occasion for like really interested, serious people. But he does not like doing it. And it makes him severely uncomfortable. So at first I thought he was playing it up. Like, you know, oh, I create like mysticism and stuff. But like, he like if I was interested in buying it, I still don't think he'd open it. Like I don't think he cared. Like you know what I mean? Like he's he looked legitimately uncomfortable, and he told me what was inside. He said there. He's flat out said he's like these are not nice things. Like it's not nice to open. It's not pretty. It's not enjoyable. I said okay. I said like so. Can you give me like an idea? He said there's. He said there's certain spices from across Europe, as well as. I think, I don't know if he said multiple or there's a, like, he said, like a voodoo doll. And I'm like, I don't even know what like a voodoo doll is. Like, what are you referencing? So this man has a booth at Downsview Flea Market. And I feel like I'm going to go and try and convince him to open it. Cause my, don't do it. Well, here's my, okay. So people are, I told this to people at work and they said, don't, don't tempt it. But I'm like, if the guy's opened it before, everything seems okay. No. Maybe he's just saying that and something like there's something he's leaving out for the people that he opened it for. Maybe he's right? been possessed 
and he's I was gonna say, are are you sure you're not talking to Ed and Lorraine Warren? Who what? Who are they? Oh yep, you don't have you seen not seen those movies, The Conjuring? <laughs> oh no, my god. My wife has. She's like like so one of those like horror movie junkies. So yeah, there's like, like the I conjuring like universe horror. has a whole bunch of movies in it, and it's all about yeah, exorcism and like stuff like that. And Vera Farminga plays Lorraine, uh, Lorraine or Lorraine, Lorraine, whatever the fuck. The Warrens are the couple that are like the main center point of this. And I can just imagine you were talking to like the real life Warrens who are selling all this shit now. Well, she was like, I don't want anything to do with this. Like he has to keep it in storage. Like that's she doesn't like it's not like it's no bueno. Like she's Do you know here's a, here's a, they kept all the shit in. Here's here's a great example or um a great indicator of why you should not open this or ask this dude. I told dad about it today and he looks at me he's like, "Why would you even play with something like that?" He's like, you no, you don't do it. And my dad's like the most like whatever kind of person <laughs> like Yeah, like I mean, listen, I don't like horror movies, but this kind of stuff like if it has like a story, I kind of get behind. So okay, and the story is you open this shit and you get fucked up. But like, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Why even take the chance though? I guess. Like, it's one of those things where in my head, if it's a 0.0001% chance that it's all real and that all this shit is fact and whatever, it's not worth the risk. Like, unless you're going with John Constantine, don't do it. Well, that's the old... Um... You know, if there's one poison M M&M and M in a bowl full of M and M's, are you gonna are you gonna try and eat one? Nope. Right, but still, like, and now I haven't stopped thinking about it because I'm like, I, I need, to, I might know or have an idea what's in there, but I I feel like I need to see it. So I don't know. But what if what if the guy does that, like as you said, for mysticism and for allure and to play it up, you open it and it's like fucking flyers to KFC. <laughs> it's just it's old just like coupons. It's yeah. just old coupons for McDonald's. Or yeah. it ends up being like some Stephen King novel and he just looks at me, he's like, thin <laughs> <laughs> And then I waste away for a year. There you go. I'd be like, you're doing no. a, a gift, sir. Thin dude, go ahead. Shed the pounds. Yeah. <laughs> not in the way you want. <clears throat> but no, not worth it, man. Don't do it. Yeah, so that was me. Getting all up in the supernatural. Maddie, what about you? I went to a kid's sixth birthday party. Not oh, just God. like individually where it's like, hey, cool, kid's sixth birthday, I'm going to show up. It was uh, a friend of my uh, wife's kid. And so we went and it was like Mario themed, but they went like next level. So they had a veggie tray, but the veggie tray was cut out where like the green peppers and the cucumbers were the stem and flower of the flower and the red peppers and tomatoes and stuff were and like the yellow peppers were the head and cauliflower of the flower from Mario. So it was all in the shape of it. So it all made like a shape of the fire flower. And then uh, they had like a fruit tray that looked like made out to be like chomps chains. So you had like grapes and blueberries to be like the head of chomp and stuff like that. And, you know, that was cool. And then they had like bucket of coins and then like the little question mark box pinata and stuff it was actually pretty cool and i was it was a lot of fun but fun fact i found out do you know pinatas now are safety pinatas so back in our day oh, it was a high risk a string yeah so it was a high risk where you could get hurt with a pinata 
Now there's a string where you can just pull it and the thing cracks open and everything falls out. Oh, dude, you know how many grandmas have eaten baseball bats to the teeth because of piñatas? Yeah. And I I, I was kind of let down because it was a microcosm and representation of how kids these days are just handed everything. Soft. It's a participation medal for the fucking piñata. Right. But it's... I think of it like this because I believe there was something past where you're not allowed to fail kids in school anymore. Like in high school where mm. apparently like if they get a 49, you're not allowed to like fail them and prevent them from progressing anymore. And then there's the whole up to a certain age, they're not allowed. You don't keep score for sports because they don't want to hurt the kids feelings. No, I will count. I will keep count of scores for my kid. Even when I play her in something, so she'll know what it's like to lose. But imagine it's just imagine you're into like drilling and blasting, and like you're you're like twelve days of training in. They're like he still isn't getting it. Well, fucking put him on the job. <laughs> just fucking exactly blast his friend but, in the face. And that's the thing is, it's just it kind of made me angry for about a minute and twenty eight seconds because. I'm just like these fucking kids these days are just handed everything or nothing. Go, show them they don't earn... Go in there. Well, I wanted to. And I said to the guys like, yo, give me a shot at this. And he's like, with what? I was like, oh, fuck it. My hand. And then... just full on overhand, right to the pinata. Yeah. Why not? I, you know, and it's, but it just, it just made me think of how nowadays you're not allowed to, kids don't understand losing or not getting something and it, it pissed me off. And then I just looked at my kid and she's walking up to like the little coin bin and she goes to grab one of the chocolate coins that wrapped of course, cause we never give it to her. I just smacked it out of her hand <laughs> and then the look and she started crying and I was like, no, you don't get it. You're not, you didn't earn it. So funny when you said bucket of coins, I, th- I almost thought you said bucket of corn. I was like, what is a bucket of corn doing at a kid's birthday party? Yo, corn roast. Do you remember those? Do corn roast or fish fry? Yeah, those are good. Pig those roast? Are, those are roast? backwoods up north things there, Dustin. You ever yeah. been to a pig, pig roast or a corn roast? Dustin's not the right skin tone for those. Wow, that's <laughs> racist as fuck. I have a very different definition of corn roast than you guys do. No, he, corn he's roast. He's a corn roast, <laughs> not corn <laughs> roast. <laughs> gonna say like this sounds like a haircut to me i don't know what you guys are on about no No. i'm saying for the for the backwoods like where we went to high school we had one kid in four years who was not white that has nothing to do with the corn roast no because you were like oh it's like a backwoods like where we went to high school thing like a reference to that and i said yeah because no one of his ethnicity is up there doing those no i I don't i don't disagree in any way i'm just saying what's the corn roast what is that so it's literally where you just go and there's nothing else on the menu except they just roast fucking corn that's not true no that's not there's other things but the corn being roasted is the is the uh piece (laughs) 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 is the main course um no but like things like sausage and stuff like is served a fish fry is the same thing and so is a pig roast it's literally like each one, like fish fry, the main is the fish. The pig roast is the pig. Corn roast is the corn. I mean, corn roast sounds the least interesting of the three. I get it. But it's also the most common because it's the cheapest. 
and most people just grow it and then themselves and then roast it. I fi- yeah, I figured that was the case. It's probably commonly grown around that area. To be honest, it's all just an excuse to stand around a fire and drink. Yeah. Or like drink on someone's boat as we boat around the lake waiting for the parents to roast the corn. But no, they're fun. But yeah, dumb shit happens at those things, man. Like next level dumb shit. Do either of you actually enjoy eating corn? Yes. Yeah. I love corn. On the cob or like from a can? Or anyway. I just don't eat it, period. So other, than like, like, other than popped corn. I generally I don't, don't I, eat corn. I don't like creamed corn. It's See, not even I a like, thing. It's, it's like, like a genetically modified, nonsensical thing that doesn't exist in the world. I like, like all of it. But I just don't know how to handle corn. So yeah, so that's what freaks me out is like, either when I'm eating a Chipotle or whatever and I have to see it again. That bothers me. That freaks me out a little bit. Oh, man. If I'm going to Chipotle, there's a 0% chance I'm putting corn on anything that I order from there. But is it like a freaked out thing or is it just like you don't like the taste? Oh, the taste is fine. It's whatever. It's You don't it's like corn on the cob? You don't, you don't roll it in butter and salt? No. Oh. I don't I know. Mean, yeah. What do you like? Because anytime we every time anytime we reference something, there's a sarcastic like like in our Discord, there's like the sarcastic like, oh, that'll be fun. And I'm just like, I'm convinced that Dustin just doesn't like things. So like I feel like No, like he doesn't like things. He watches stuff so that he can dislike it more. There was something that came up recently in Discord. <laughs> and I don't remember what it was, but I was getting shit for it. I'm like, I shouldn't be getting shit for this. I'm on the right side of history on this one, but I don't even remember what it was. You Which know what Discord freaks me out? You know, baby the corn freaks one. me out. Baby corn. Asian food, you know, little mini corn. That freaks me out. <laughs> I know exactly what it was. All. Okay, I know what was it? was the LED court because we're going to talk about okay. it. Okay, we are going to talk about LED court. Yes, that is what it was. And like, I think you guys misunderstood what I said. It was like, I am in favor of the LED court. I just wish it went further than the way it went. I think I said in there, I was like, it was real green. I think that was my criticism because it was really fucking green. But like, you can see the glow off the players' faces. That's part but of what the is cool your part. stance? What is your stance on baby corn? Well, that's the important question. And how do they get the kernels so small? I, it's not even corn, is it? That's it's like seedless watermelon. How does that happen? That fr- that freaks me out. Seedless watermelon scares me. I don't know how they do it. We're going to have to figure it out because at some point the world's going to end and it's going to be like Fallout 4 and we're going to have to grow all these things ourselves. Like we can't depend on big grocery anymore. You know? To be fair, I mean, after Fallout 4, I imagine all grocery will be big because it'll all be radiated corn. It'll be like six feet tall, you know? have legs it'll walk to us it'll roast itself i mean the, the corn roast will invite you... you to its own corn roast <laughs> if if i explain to you how they do see this watermelon and seedless grapes when i tell you you'll be like actually that's pretty simple in terms of concept practice is probably really hard they just pick them early no seedless watermelons are grown from seeds that are produced by crossing watermelon lines to produce plants that have an odd number of chromosomes that's really weird. But that's like, way too scientific. Relatively simple, though, no? It seems simple, but like still still weird. I, don't well, I, I am pleased to say that I do have the uh, Fallout official cookbook that's on my sick. bookshelf. That's so. awesome. See, there's a Pokemon the cookbook coming. 
There is actually also a Pokemon Direct thing coming next week. And do you have any predictions of what you think is going to be announced next week on the Pokemon no, Direct? But I also black and white realized remakes. I'm a moron and I didn't stop at Walmart to see if I could pick up all the covers of Time Magazine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so there are is there is the starting three, and is Pikachu on there too? Is there four is different it, yeah. time? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, Pokemon Direct, black and white remakes, similar to Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, and Omega Ruby, Alpha Sapphire, similar to that. I feel like the, ni- the next ones are going to be the black and white because it's the odd year of, or the middle year from the last Pokemon release, which is like every three years now. So I don't think we're going to get the new one. Other people think that we're going to get another Legends game, but it's not going to be called Legends Arceus. It's going to be called like Legends Celebi or something like that for mm. like the next region. I'm thinking it's a slam dunk. It's super easy. Nintendo Switch Online, Game Boy and Game Boy Advance is going to have all the Pokemon games. So Pokemon Red, Blue, Gold or Gold and Yellow Emerald. and whatever the fuck. Like, just put all the emulated versions on the online subscription service. That's yeah. my guess. And then uh, also to the let the new Let's Go games. I think it's like Let's Go Whooper and Let's Go Someone Else. Just Because I think that actually leaked or something like that. Yeah. So I'm hoping for a Legends game, uh, especially with how Power World did. I mean, I feel like that's what they need to, ta- like, I guess, tease or release or whatever. Um, I just feel like after the success of Power World, man, that company is under such scrutiny to do something right. Take your time. There's no rush. Yeah. You're like, just fucking do it right. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Out. I don't know. That's me. Like, don't do Scarlet and Violet. <laughs> just make, make something come correct. Nintendo and Hal and whatever. Well, not, it's not Hal. It's the, uh, the Pokemon company now that's oh. owned by Nintendo. But, but no, that follow Yeah, or no, it used to be Game Freak. Game Freak, that's it. Hal Laboratories is the ones that did uh, Smash Brothers. But um, that follow cookbook is sick. I got the Final Fantasy 14 cookbook because in part of the game, you cook dishes for like stat boosts and stuff like that, temporary stat boosts. So I was like, oh, this would be really cool. So I bought it and my wife actually made some of the stuff from the book. It's pretty cool. Have you made anything from it? Uh, I definitely haven't, but it's just, <laughs> it's fun to look at because oh, yeah. in Fallout, they have like, if you think about how Fallout happens, yeah, there's like society basically ends and then it starts up again. So there's animals or I guess not even necessarily animals, but like mutated animals that they run into that they have like weird names for. So it's like, like instead of a steak, it, yeah, so it's like a death claw egg, um, omelet or something like that. So. That's pretty cool. They do the kind of the same thing with. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like same publisher. It's probably the exact same recipes too. <laughs> I used to have the yeah. WWF cookbook. Oh, I remember that. I have that same cookbook right there as well. The one with Jim Ross on the cover. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's called JR's cookbook. Yeah, I what remember that. I don't know if it's the them. same one. No, it's the same. Why would Jim Ross have two cookbooks? It's the same one. No, it's not. I can tell already. Yes, it is. I don't think it is. Do you want to... Bur- burger bet? That's the no, same fucking cookbook. No, it's not. This is no, not it's something? not. No, I'll find it. I'll show you. I'll drop it in general. But that's so not the it. The one I'm looking at is it has JR on the cover with Stacey Keebler and Trish Stratus. It says... 20, 20 bucks says he's rocking a chub under the table on that picture. 
It's called Can True You Ray Take Sunfield. the Heat? Oh. Do I have that one too? I don't think I do. I think it's the only one I have. Oh, and when I open it, there is a signed Jim Ross trading card in it. <laughs> oh my God. My it's King. <laughs> and do you want to know something? In my cookbook has Very nice. the recipe for a grilled steak by one Chris Benoit. Oh no. <laughs> I mean, it's probably easier for him to grill it now that he's in hell. Yeah, so <laughs> this isn't like a World Wrestling Federation cookbook, although it does have their logo on it. It's a JR cookbook. So it is all of his uh, recipes and his uh, or late wife Jan's recipes as well. Nah, this one so. had from all the superstars. So like Mark Henry had sexual chocolate cake. Uh, oh. The Hardy Boys had strawberry blueberry shortcake. Ivory had one pan fish Rocco? dinner. Sam. One pan fish. Ew, that does not sound good. Chris Jericho had doodles. Doodles are Jericho. I don't know what the fuck a doodle is. <laughs> so this very clearly is just a, a recipe, a cookbook they put together and it's through random names on it. Yeah. No, I might start calling it people fuck a doodle now because <laughs> that sounds wicked. Question. And before we get into the heavy sports shit, you guys excited for the Borderlands trailer tomorrow? No. no. After looks- looking at that cast, I was like, oh boy. Well, the cast, there's nothing wrong with the cast. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis is great with shit like this, like the kooky, really off-the-wall stuff. Like, she's awesome. And, I mean, Kate Blanchett is Oscar-level caliber actor, which is why the fuck is she doing Borderlands? Listen, but it just doesn't look good. Kate Blanchett is my... Crush? Um, like your older your crush wife. Aged crush? Yeah. Yeah, look at... Like, I mean, at listen, Thor? Hella, super hot. Red hair here, yeah. orange hair, super hot. Yeah. Mm. No, I, we all we all have that like older female crush. Kate Blanchett's I mean, mine. I I can see that. I can respect it. Who's yours, Dustin? Older? And it can't be a wrestling like diva. Or yeah, ex-diva I don't want to hear Trish Stratus. Don't give me that. Shit. Or you know, Stacy Keebler or. I wasn't gonna say any of these like, people. I don't know. That, I couldn't. I couldn't even tell you off the top of my head. Helen Mirren. Sydney Sweeney. <laughs> Helen Mirren. He's he looks more of a Glenn Close kind kind of guy to me. <laughs> Glenn Close. Bet Midler. Nothing wrong with Bet Midler. Okay. Um, the Arthur. I had quite the long weekend. I was gonna say you got up to some shit. What do I want? I'm trying to go into a, an order that will make sense of how we blend into sports. So we'll we'll start it. Monday, we'll work back to Friday. On Monday, I saw Madam Web. And, uh, yep, that's a movie I saw. How bad was it? Okay. Is it as bad as all the reviews and people are talking about? Yeah, like, probably. Cringy and shit. Mm hmm. Okay. So, in saying that, we had a conversation because I didn't see it. Jim didn't see it. I probably won't. It'll be like one of those streaming when it comes out, I'll watch it there. And I, 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 as someone who's seen the movie, can maybe express potential redeeming qualities outside of Sydney Sweeney. But I want to ask, after seeing it, can you explain how someone greenlights that movie? I can because I can see Sony just trying to milk everything they can possible out of Spooderman whatever yeah marvel heroes they have attached to them 
because I mean, fuck, they're doing Craven this year too, which doesn't look good either. No, and like if you think about how bad Morbius was and how bad the Venom movies were, the only ones that have been good lately has been the animated ones. So Into the Spider Verse is great, and uh, whatever the second one was called, the, the, the two Spider across Spider Verse, the two Spider Verse movies were great. Damn near perfect. The ones movies. in association with Disney. So the Spider-Man Far From Home, Nowhere, No, no Way home, home, and Homecoming. All great movies. These ones, when you leave Sony to themselves, they it's not good. And it's hard to point down, oh, it was poorly written, or it was poorly directed, or <laughs> it was poorly edited, or it was poorly acted. It was like, no, it's it's all of those things. So it's <laughs> The editing is one thing I heard was really terrible. Because, okay, I can't remember. Oh, it was the original, um, the not the Snyder cut of Justice League, but uh, the pre-Snyder cut one that was released in theaters, um, where it's just really jarring edits and cuts to different scenes and different moments. And you can really tell it wasn't edited well because it's really almost obnoxious the way that certain scenes were cut and spliced together. You can tell that it was shit was filmed out of place, but they're like, we want to fill gaps and they're just putting random shit in. And do you know what I mean? No, that's, that's fair for this movie. There's, there's at times where, yeah, the cuts are jarring, but I think there's also creative choices that were jarring. Like the one antagonist, they kept using this weird camera angle of like, it's almost like they took their phone and they're shooting it on their phone and they put it on a fucking kaleidoscope and they're just like spinning it around and around. It's like, why are you spinning the fucking camera? Like I had to look away from the screen at times because it was making me fucking dizzy. I'm like, stop doing this. It's not cool. And yeah, a lot of it seems like there was a ton of reshoots and the ADR was off the hook, man. Like it, it honestly felt like I was watching the Alan Wake video game. Or Alan Wake movie, I guess. So, I feel like you've both played Alan Wake, or at least parts of it, right? No. Jimmy okay, always, well, Jim always plays like the first 20 minutes, and I watch, and then he just never picks it up again. So, in Alan Wake, he's a writer, and he writes things into existence, essentially. But as he's doing this, he's like narrating the story, like he's Alan Wake. And he turned on the lights, and the scene changed. That's kind of like how Alan Wake talks and like how things happen. That's what the movie felt like. There's so much ADR that they were just talking and no one was like explaining who the fuck is talking right now and who they're talking to. And it's just like, what is what is happening right now? My thing and is, plus he kind of looks like Alan Wake too. My thing is like if you're gonna if there's a certain level of like creative liberties you can take with these characters that have lived for years there's a threshold where you start create taking those creative liberties and like just fucking do your own movie then with different characters and go and do your own thing. Like that's kind of mm-hmm. my issue. Like the Ezekiel that that's nothing like who Ezekiel is in the comic, in the comic. Like, yeah. Not even close. So that kind of stuff like freaks me out. Like why, like why, why choose that villain? Just make up a villain then. Like why that villain? Like if you're going to fuck with it so much, just make something up. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> Wait till you see this fucking movie. I'm not going to spoil it. But what I will say, this didn't and like, have to be And like, why is Ben Parker movie. a paramedic? Like, get, get, get out of here. I don't, fuck off. 
Fuck off. Just make him another person. Don't even bother. Don't do it. Don't do it. So my other thing too is is I kind of knew this movie was bad. One, because if you can have whole TikTok accounts devoted to just really cringy lines for a movie, that's not good. But then Jim told me one of the lines that apparently is in this movie. I was like, there ain't no way that was said. Ain't no way. And I wonder I, if you know the line. Is it with uh fuck, how 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 should I say this? You get there's a lot of responsibility when you get a lot of power. No, it's something about like how like you're the madam of this web or whatever. Oh fuck. <laughs> no, there's there's a worse one. Oh, okay. It's basically it's the, the line of with great power comes great responsibility. But they changed up the sentence and like when they said it, I just I audibly laughed. Like this is so fucking stupid. You and the other two people in the what theater. What is it? It wasn't a lot of people in the theater. No. What was the line? It was something like that. It was like, oh, just so you know, there's a lot of responsibility comes with this power. It's like you fucking motherfuckers. Like just say the line if you're gonna say the line. Like what are you doing? Yeah. It was yeah. Anyways, so, um, yeah, so you saw Madam Web as we digress. I saw Madam Web. Sunday was uh, Northern Crown Wrestling. So I did the play-by-play on that one with Lionel Knight. Always a lot of fun. Everyone loves Lionel Knight. Black Lavender. The amazing Canadian himself. And just overall, fun time. You can't go wrong with uh, a live wrestling event sometimes. And Josh Alexander in the main event, which is so cool. You know, like, I mean, news that coming out today that he got his option picked up by TNA, which I thought was interesting wording. Um, I haven't talked to Josh about it, so I, I, I don't have any breaking news on the subject, but it sounded like <laughs> that was a one-sided agreement there of TNA Wrestling has picked up the option on Josh Alexander's contract. So anyways, it's cool to get to call some of Josh's matches, and I feel fortunate that I'm able to do that. Saturday. went. To, oh, actually, you know what? Sunday night, went to North of Brooklyn Pizza. There is so much um, opinion, I guess, of like, what's the best pizza in the city? It's north of Brooklyn. It's King Slice. It's Descendants. It's Badali. Baldiali's. Baldiali's. Yeah. yeah. Prince Street. Fuck, man. I, I don't know, man. I went to north of Brooklyn. It's good. But would I say this pizza is significantly better than anything I've ever had in my life? No. <laughs> it's it's good. You gotta ask Dave Pornoy. I think yeah. he gave North of Brooklyn like an 8-1 or an 8-2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. Anyways, North of Brooklyn, it's good. Whatever. Um, Saturday, went to the auto show. Oh, yeah. Very very interesting. Because there's still some manufacturers who are like punting on the auto show. And they're saying, fuck it, we're not going. Which I found strange. Because like, there's so many people there. I went first thing in the morning. And there was a line to get in. And then I just said, fuck this. I went to a different entrance and got in uh, immediately. But nevertheless, there was a huge line like through the path to get into that one little door there. And man, huge lines around the budget vehicles. 
it's it's interesting to see like where people are like expecting to spend their money. I was the same way. Like I'm looking at the Kias because like if I'm getting a new car, like it's not going to be anything super expensive. So I'm looking at all the Kias and stuff. And then like you go over to Hyundai, it's similar. You go to the Toyotas. A lot of people are trying to get into the Toyota Corollas. <laughs> like well, actually, new Corolla looks sick. Like that's the thing. Sport like, one. I the new Corolla and the other one, the Camry looks amazing. Yeah, the Toyota Camry looks sick. If I am pulling the trigger on a new vehicle this year, which I probably won't, it might be next year. I'm looking Kia Forte, and which Ooh. sounds fucking ridiculous. I know. Is that but your Forte? It's my Forte, apparently. This thing, if you get the GT, it comes to like 30000 bucks for the GT. And it had a better engine than the Toyotas. It had leather interior. It has heated seats. It has ventilated seats. It has a heated steering wheel. It has like a the fucking like little level bottom of the steering wheel, the D-looking steering wheel. Sunroof. It does look sick. It's got like the the one I'm looking at is like the gunmetal gray with the red trim. It looks pretty sick. Yeah. So the GT model all has that weird red trim on the front of it. I'll probably get a blue car because that's how I roll. But nevertheless, it's just interesting. Like that's a, where most of the people were hovering around were like those budget vehicles. Um, except there was by far the biggest crowd was around one vehicle. And I can assume you all know what that vehicle is. Tesla. It's a Tesla. Well, what Tesla truck? Fucking cyber truck. I could not believe how huge that fucking car is. Well, apparently the build quality on it is shit. I mean, all Teslas are. That's kind of what they're known for, right? Well, the thing is also too, and the trunk actually failed some tests because if you, the trunk has to have either mechanisms or things in place to prevent that. If it closes on someone's hand, all it does is like squeeze or crush. Well, apparently the finger off. Exactly. It'll cut your finger off because of the way the metal is cut and slice. It doesn't have, it'll slice your finger off. I'll also fucking drive you into the lake. So that, that too. Fuck that. Yeah. So anyways, it was a good time. We'll see uh, what I end up buying. I hope I don't have to buy anything soon. Friday is the big one. Okay. And that's, what's going to lead into our first sports topic of the week. Friday was Toronto versus Montreal in the professional women's hockey league. And I was one of the 19,236 or whatever it was that set the new record for the most attended women's hockey game ever. That's awesome. (laughs) And not only that, I got an email saying, Hey, you have a discount to this uh, PWHL game. If you want to go, and you can get into the MasterCard Lounge for 100 bucks. And for context, I don't know how much it is for a Maple Leafs game because it's one of those things where you have to like contact our agent for tickets and you have to like sign up for the whole fucking year. Like you can't just get in there for one game. See like a timeshare presentation? <laughs> They're like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> timeshare tickets for the Leafs. So I'm assuming it's probably at least five times that cost. At least five times. It's probably more than that. It's probably 10 times. It's probably at least $1,000 for a Leafs game in this uh, MasterCard lounge. If you're unfamiliar, this past offseason, they ripped out a couple, not a couple, they ripped out probably half a dozen or more suites in the 200 level and just made it like a big open concept suite. So there probably is like 100 people that are able to get into this MasterCard lounge. And it's... A buffet style. So you walk in and like just, well, first when you walk in, there's like a concierge there. I'm like, can I take your jacket? I'm like, yes, you can. 
and they give you a ticket for your jacket and then they walk you to your seat and then you have your server comes by and they're serving you drinks in fucking glass glasses. Like I'm drinking a pint out of a pint glass. And then I had an old fashioned and like actual glass rock glass. I'm like, this is the coolest fucking thing ever. Like what if I just threw this glass glass on the ice right now? Like I, I could, you're like, you're that close to the ice. I could have physically hurt someone with this glass. Or someone could have grabbed it out of my hand and threw it for me, like that dude who grabbed that dude's hat and threw it on the ice. You saw you saw that story, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. During one of Austin Matthews' many hat tricks this past week. Yep. Just fucking grabs that. Anyways, um, food all inclusive. You know, you just go up to the buffet, grab whatever you want, come back. The mushroom ravioli is fantastic. So no complaints there. The one thing that actually, there's a couple of things. That just made it different because like we've been going to hockey games our whole life, whether it's you guys playing or even for me, it was I covered junior hockey when I finished college and I used to go to a lot of Brampton Battalion games and Miss Saga Steelhead games. I got a lot of Marley's games. I don't go to a lot of Maple Leafs games because I'm not rich, but you understand that we've been to a lot of these hockey games before and you kind of have the same. It's the same vibe no matter where you go. It's the same type of people and same soundtrack, no matter where you go. You're going to hear Marilyn Manson, beautiful people. You're going to hear Trapped Headstrong. You're going to hear like all the exact same songs here in every single uh, hockey building in the country. Except this time, let me tell you, we got some Taylor Swift going on. We had some Natalie Imbruglia going on. We had some Vanessa Carlson going on. It and it, I'm just thinking like this makes sense. Like why wouldn't you do this? It's just I didn't put that together before I went. This is going to be a very female centric crowd. And then when they started introducing all the players, like this sounded not quite like a Taylor Swift concert, but you get the idea of like it is women cheering. It is not men cheering. It is just a completely different sound and resonance and frequency than what you're used to at a men's hockey game. But what I will say, I don't know if I've ever attended a game in that building where it's loud and people are cheering and they're like, they care what's going on in the ice and someone scores and they cheer. And it was, it was weird because it's not normal in that building to see that because there's so many corporate seats. It's, it was really refreshing. I think is the best way to put it. So. Yeah, I watched part of the game on. Sorry for clearing my throat. I watched part of the game on um, on TV on T. I think it was on TSN, mm-hmm. and I was blown away a by the same thing like you said the the enthusiasm and the energy of the crowd. They were waving the towels like the entire night. Um, they felt like a playoff game almost for like the men's league, which is fantastic in a in a more you know raucous barn um i'm also like in in the more that i've watched the pwhl uh i've been thoroughly impressed with how much they've let go on like the physical contact it's refreshing not that i want to see like these women beat the shit out of each other but like that's how rivalries and intensity and you know animosity gets created you know it's it starts there really um and to see them and the refs allow it is is really, I think, integral for the growth of that game. 
because you want to see the best product possible. And part of that is is the inherent vitriol that comes from playing hockey. It's a very emotional sport. It moves so quick. Uh, and reactions are instantaneous and split second that you need that emotional investment. It needs to come through the screen. And I feel like we're getting that from the PWHL. Like the games are exciting. Uh, watching, you know, um, you know, even with these women's score, like, like wa- watching Marie-Philippe Poulain look like a fucking, like, dude, like there was that move she pulled where she made the move to the outside and cu- she cut in like a legit powerful, like she, like she is. She's a, like it was a. I was like, this is wild, you know. Um, but shout out to Toronto. Today's zero victory over Montreal. Yeah, that's one thing they need to figure out, though. Like we need team names. No, I okay. I'm pretty sure the reason why we don't is because they got this off the ground as quick as possible, and they didn't really have time. Oh no, I, I'm sure that's what it is. It's just. It's awkward when you're at the game. It's like, um, go Toronto. Go that was that was a chant. It was let's go T.O. It's like, all right, fuck. I guess that's what we're going with. But yeah, you know, it's it it's nice. again. Yeah, they were coming off hot on the Dream Gap tour, which was pretty successful. They announced the league. There was excitement, and I think they had to capitalize on that excitement. And I think the idea of not having logos and names, like it seems to be kind of put to bed at least for the season. Like nobody. Actually, I get what you're saying. It is awkward, especially on TSN when they reversed Toronto and Montreal in the lower thirds <laughs> at the end of the game. I was like, oh, that's <laughs> yeah. awkward. Um, but from a quality of product, inve- like it doesn't seem to have held anyone back from investing in, in these teams. And that's, I think, a testament, A, to the quality of hockey that these women are putting on. And B, that it's it's probably the time for this. Like the time for a women's professional league to take a step forward like this is is really now. And what I think I'm most excited for is what's the next step? Like are we going to see more Euro- European players come over? I Like do they, do they expand to two more teams? Are we like how, how big can they grow the game ab- abroad so that, you know, you're getting top talent from across the world in this league similar to the NHL? Like that's exciting for me. Well, for me, what it does is is not just like the growth of the professional women's league, but it would be nice to watch an Olympics and not just know you don't need to watch anything except the gold medal game because it's going to be Canada, USA. You know, I'd like to see that through this, players come here and play with some of the best players on the planet and develop and can take that home and develop hockey further in their country as well. So, you know, you have countries like Finland who can will compete for gold medal and Sweden compete for gold medal. And, you know, again, that it's not just 95% chance it's going to be Canada-USA in a gold medal game. Um, or on has to be strictly on the backs of those women to promote the game and to, you know, really foster a women's game because there's a lot of fantastic talent in the world that probably doesn't get as much focus or attention or resourcing because of that. So I'm, I'm hoping that what this does is drive resourcing to programs in other countries in Europe and stuff like that. Um, but like from a strictly PWHL level, I'm, I just hope that it doesn't fall off that it's not just a honeymoon period of one year that the people stay engaged that, you know, companies like TSN would being bell media, Dustin's best friend, 
Um, they continue to promote the game the way that it should. Um, that they really continue to foster the interest because, you know, the product will always be a good product in terms of the game. What it needs is the people around it to really push it. And I'm hoping that they don't just say, oh, you know, one year honeymoon and, you know, TSM falls off and you see it be like on the same level as the lumberjack games that are done in Alberta on a random Saturday at two o'clock in the afternoon when there's nothing else on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think they have like significant financial backers. And like, like I said, I think it sounds kind of ridiculous, but I do think the physicality is a big part of it. I think when you look at other sports, I always say the gap between the men's and women's game across sports, like soccer is the, the closest gap. Like I watch soccer for women. It looks no different than soccer for men. Like it's just as good. Not really. Yeah. Um, then I, I would also the same soccer, honestly. Yeah. And they're also the same size. Yeah. I also, <laughs> I also, um, then I think to be honest, like if you're not including things like golf and, and volleyball and stuff like that, like I think hockey's probably the closest gap in terms of like like you know, we can talk about the NBA All Star weekend when we get there, but some of that game is modified. Um and I think allowing the physicality allows the game to be less modified. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that gap is inherently closer. So I think because of that, like I said, this is the time for that that league. I think they need to just continue to like elevate personalities. Mm-hmm. Um and tell stories where where you can. And I think the league will be just fine. So I think a smart thing for them to do potentially is either look at having their own hockey night in Canada type style on a different night, whether it be a Friday night. A dedicated, or, yep. So yeah, you know Sunday where night. to go if you're, yeah. yeah. Where you have like a marquee night like we have for Saturdays, right? Where you could Agreed. do the one the one game at seven o'clock and then the Western game at you know nine o'clock or nine thirty or whatever. I think that would go a long way. Or, you know, do an earlier game. Saturdays become like a hockey day where at four o'clock you have a PWHL game and then at seven o'clock you have, you know, I like that the Leafs or whatever. I I think the Toronto teams could really hop on the back of that. Um, I think that would be really cool. Um, I'd like to see more investment by the NHL, to be honest, similar to what the NBA does with the WNBA. I'd like to see a further partnership with that to help, you know, because not only would it would obvious the NHL is the best league in the world, but then you can do things with, you know, the NHL players and the PWHL to help push and promote the game more because we all know the talents there. We all know the games are fantastic. I was at the gold medal game in Korea for Canada, USA. And the vibe there was unreal. It was one of the best hockey games I've ever been to, both in terms of game played on the ice and atmosphere. Like it was next level. Um, So we all know that's there. It's just the people, like I said, the TSN, the NHL and shit like that need to, as you said, market personalities, you know, promote, you know, stories and things like that, like we've seen for decades with the men's side. So, and they treat it like a real league. Like they had a trade deadline, right? Yeah. Like that's, you know, they have GMs, they have coaches. Like they, it sounds silly to be like, we would obviously, well, no, like 
these things weren't necessarily as buttoned down as they are now. Like the fact that they actually have a trade deadline is wild. Like I forget who I was listening to. I think it was actually, actually, I'm not going to say who it was because I don't remember on the radio saying it was eye opening when you're like, fuck, should I answer a call from my general manager? Because I don't know if I'm going to be traded. Like that's what she said. She's like, I'm looking at my phone wondering if my general manager calls, do I pick up? Right. Like, mm-hmm. cause you don't, you know, it's a weird you might feeling because then move to Minnesota. Right. And it's kind of a weird feeling you got to think because it's like this would suck. But at the same time, you're like, it's really professional. Like it's a yep. professional league. Do you know what it's I mean? It's a business now. Yeah. Yeah. So I the only thing I was very curious on. And again, this is kind of I, I, I'm not trying to sound misogynistic or anything like that. It's just I'm very curious how they would handle things like Matt leave in terms of any potential future salary cap. Do you get relief now? You know, because they were talking question. about it's a valid question. Like they were talking about Nat Spooner just coming back from having her son. And, you know, because that's a lot of trauma for your body to go through to come back that you don't just do in a month, right? Or even to, you know, be a parent to your child, you know, that takes time. And, you know, as a mother, you don't just after a month hand that kid off and say, okay, I'm gone traveling to play hockey right like it's tough so i'm wondering you know how do they deal with and i don't want to say deal that's a terrible way to put it but how do they handle the instances of of like a maternity leave and you know and that also and if you're some of these women too do you start really thinking then you know there's a professional league now some of the younger players that come in you know they may have boyfriends or husbands and stuff like that in their early mid-20s and say I, this league's in its infancy, you know, I can't do this now. And it's like, you start rethinking your choices about having a child and things like that, that it's just, you know, I'm kind of, I'd be very curious on that side of it, to be honest, because there's things that, you know, obviously men don't have to deal with. Well, it's not even just recovery. It's the whole process of being pregnant. Like that too. Takes you out for a minimum a year, right? At best. Like, even if you're thinking, oh, we'll plan it around the off season. Like, well, <laughs> you still don't want to play while you're pregnant. So well, that's, like, um, be, yeah, two years, a year for the actual process. And then a year off at least for like, quote unquote, maternity leave. So you're, yeah. But it's even like, six months, like, even if you try to cut that down to six months, that's, that's a year and a half of your contract profession maybe. gone. But, and imagine where that year and a half falls. That could knock you out for two seasons. Exactly. And now how does that work with your contract? Because I would seriously hope then they say, you know, you're still guaranteed your funds because of this and like your contract that it's kind of worked in. You might be Um, prohibited during your contract. I don't know if that's in there or not. I'm just saying that might be the case. It might be a portion. You might get a percentage. Who knows? Like you you get 70% of your contract while you're on maternity leave and things like that. But You know, I'd be very curious because I think that that's another thing that could really potentially um, not hurt or hinder, but I think cause a lot of potential road speed bumps down the road because, you know, what if one of your top players in the league or a team is like, hey, you know, I'm having a kid, I have to stop playing him for a bit and blah, 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 you know marketability as well as you know teams suffering a loss of one of their best players and things like that so it's just it'd be really fascinating to hear what kind of things they have in place to ensure that it's not prohibitive for that individual to potentially have a kid in terms of the business side 
off the top of your head, if you can come up with a name for the Toronto PWHL team, what would it be? Whiplash. Whiplash. Yeah. Why Whiplash? Literally the first thing that came to my head as you were asking that okay. question. Fair enough. <laughs> but like, if I had to do it like Toronto-centric... I, don't, I mean, be whatever, right? Like, is the Raptors centric? Of course not. Like, it's no, it's but like, movie. I mean, it would actually be kind of cool if they went to the Huskies or something like that to take like an old Toronto team name or like oh. something like that would be pretty cool. Um, maybe like the Toronto Frost or something like that, like something winter oriented. But yeah, Whiplash was literally the first thing that came to my head. I had nothing. I don't have to think nothing. about it. I, I like trash pandas. Stop it. <laughs> this guy. What? Uh, I love raccoons. Stop I went to a ra- get some help. I went the to a raccoon, raccoon cafe in Korea. The raccoon is very popular in Toronto. It's cute. It's very cute. I don't know calling They're... a women's team trash pandas is gonna get over. Yeah. I don't see why I wouldn't. You're not saying they are trash. You're saying that the trash panda is their mascot. But that's them. No. They're the trash panda. No, no one. If they get signed, like... you say, "I am. I'm super happy to be a trash panda. I'm happy to be a maple leaf. I'm happy to be a trash panda." It's, it's like the graphic goes up of being he's all elite. <laughs> it's like this person is now a trash panda. panda. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's gonna. It's gonna get over, sir. But yeah, I call no, the raccoons whatever. The but do you know what? Like I think or like bobcats. I know the NBA team had that, but it would be a good name for, you know. That old Toronto soccer team, the Toronto Lynx, was cool. Lynx is a cool name. The Lynx would be cool. I mean, I think the Minnesota team should be called the Bobcats, and you can kind of do a play off the Wild logo a little bit, change it up slightly, but kind of similar. Um, so you kind of have an association with the team. That'd be cool. Call them Toronto Fusion after all the fusion restaurants in this fucking city. <laughs> there you go. And it'd be a Fusion Frenzy, and you can put the cover of Fusion Frenzy Xbox. Somewhere. Okay, now I'm on your side here, Fusion Frenzy. <laughs> there you go but no yeah i don't know it'd be interesting to see some of the names and the logos that come from it. i also think whiplash you could do some cool logos to be honest like there's something you could probably come up with that would look cool yeah there's probably a, a lot of great artwork you could probably come up with with the whiplash but if you're mm-hmm. looking for some really good artwork let me tell you that this episode is brought to you by now your treasures now your treasures are purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies comics tv and video games sourced from galleries in the US and UK, which include artists from all over the world. Visit now your treasures on Instagram and send a DM 43.6 to receive 43% off any order. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance. View the entire ever expanding inventory at now your treasures.ca or.com. That's N O W Y O U R T R E A S U R E S dot C A or.com and remember go to now your treasures on instagram and send a dm 43.6 to receive 43 percent off any order there is someone who also plays hockey that we need to talk about there is someone who has just decided i'm gonna put this team on my back and let's go boys that's what's happened here last week on this program Bobby McMahon. Morgan Riley just got suspended. And the discussion was, you know, are they able to do this without Riley? Is, you know, the team going to suffer based on this 
one particular outburst by Morgan Riley. He's going to be suspended. I think we didn't know the number of games at the time of recording last week, but we were all speculating it's probably at least five. Ended up being five. But without Morgan Riley, the Leafs have won four in a row, downing the St. Louis Blues twice. They also, along the way, defeated the Flyers and the Ducks. They didn't just beat the Ducks. They absolutely pumped the Ducks. Which was needed considering, you know, the last time to play the Ducks. Mm-hmm. I loved how a lot of these games, there's, I guess mainly it was the Ducks game because Gudis plays for the Ducks, right? Mm-hmm. So the the conversation going into that game was <laughs> Gudis saying, we're still talking about this. Why are we still talking about this? And then they just went and proceeded to fucking embarrass that man for the entire night, which was so lovely to see. And then the whole thing with Dostal uh, taking exception to the fact of him being called a no-name goaltender. Well, you got chased in the first period, and you're treated like a fucking no-name goaltender. So all of these negative things that were in, not necessarily in the Toronto media, but like the, the way that these players from these teams were talking about the Maple Leafs just got their teeth kicked in. And that's what you like to see about this team. You don't see it often, and that's part of the reason why they brought in a guy like Revo to be that person who puts his foot down and says, "Nope, you're not going to fuck with us. We're gonna we're gonna stand up for ourselves." We hadn't seen it all year, but in conjunction with all of that, Austin Matthews has 49 fucking goals in his February. He, I don't know what the exact number is, but I know, I think it was Jonas Siegel who put it out. Like, I think it might have been after the Ducks game. It might have been actually before that, where he had said something along the lines of Austin Matthews needs like 70 more goals or whatever it is to pass, to pass Matt Sundin as the most goals scored in franchise history. In like we talked about that games, on the show. 500 games less. Yeah. Like we talked about that, that similarly on this show a few weeks ago when I was suggesting this might be the best group of Maple Leafs ever. When you look at statistics and say, you know, where Morgan Riley's sitting at right now with games played and where Mitch Marner is sitting at with points and Nylander's right up there too. And of course, Austin Matthews scoring goals like a motherfucker. And I know, James, your argument was, well, he hasn't won anything yet. And I was, you know, still, my I guess my so- point was like, well... Yeah, Anyways. I actually wanted to jump back to that argument quickly while we were here because I think I found a way to clarify it. He might be the most, well, he's not, he not might be. He is the most talented Toronto Maple Leaf of all time. Is he the greatest of all time? Not yet. Is Patrick Mahomes the greatest quarterback of all time? Well, I mean, not yet. But he's probably the most talented in terms of... Definitely on his way. Pardon? He's definitely on his way. He's Well, no, like in terms of raw, pure talent, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, probably. Like, in terms of physical ability, yeah. That's what I'm saying, right? Austin Matthews, most talented, Maple Leaf of all time, bar none. Greatness, TBD. The same as, as Mahomes. Mahomes... Was probably on the, is probably on the way to being the greatest quarterback of all time. 
but there's benchmarks, right? So I'm I'm prepared to to clarify my previous argument that Austin Matthews <laughs> is absolutely the most talented and probably best player, but is he the greatest? Not yet. I mean, if he hits 70 though, how do you not? Even if he doesn't hit 70. Like if, like if Austin Matthews finished this stupid. season with 16. 50 goals. Yeah. Like at the beginning of the year, you said Austin Matthews is going to score 50 goals this year. You'd be like, fuck yeah. Okay, cool. For the same reason, though, you say you can say that, but Mahomes has three Super Bowls and three MVPs. Still not the greatest. He's still got Montana and he's still got <laughs> he's still got uh Tom Brady to to jump. So that's you know, that that's the crux Listen, right, of my argument. He's right like now. He, he's like sixty five or seventy goals back of Sunbeam. Yeah, we yeah, were just we, saying that. You stepped in. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. For reference, no, not coffee, protein shake. But oh, I stepped okay. there for a sec. Um, like, th- that's just unreal to me. And like, what, 400 less games it is or something like something that? Something like that, yeah. That's It's unreal. I mean, like, how many hat tricks does he have this season? Like five? Six. That's ridiculous. That's stupid. And not just that, is he's at, in terms of goals per games played or total goal, goals over games played, He's on a quicker pace than Ovechkin is in less games played. Apparently since 20, is it 2017? He has the most goals by like a wide margin. Like 40, it's, by like 40 it's like 45 goals. And it's yeah. ahead of Dreisaitl, McDavid, Pasternak, like heavy hitter names. And the right? thing this year is like, good boys, let's be honest. His goals look effortless. <laughs> like yeah. they look, they look the real fact, comfortable. How... How, in terms of it, and I'm trying to think of how to phrase this, so I sound like an absolute idiot right now, so I apologize. But what does it say about the dude's mindset where he scores a Hattie the other night and doesn't even sell he? He's just like, yeah. He's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, in terms of, you know, that just, to me, says the dude is on an absolute mission. Like, in his head, he wants to torch the shit out of the league. If you were to end the season right now, throughout his eight-year career in the NHL, he averages forty-four goals a game or forty-four goals a season. That's that's <laughs> unreal. He's played fifty-three games this year, and he has forty-nine goals. So, this I had this thought the other day when I was talking to a friend of mine, and so like it kind of and I didn't like voice it to you guys because I wanted to save it for this. Do you think that even this pace that he's on that maybe he doesn't get some of the respect that he deserves. Yes. Because I, but I don't think that's him. I think that's because the Jersey he wears around. Like, I think, you know, you get Edmonton fans being like, fuck him. He's not as good as dry saddle, even though this year clearly ahead better. I, I think you get, <laughs> you know, other teams who just, you know, the Canadians, they don't like the Leafs. So they'll, they'll still try and tell you Cole Caulfield and you're a Slavkovsky or better. You know what I mean? Like, could you imagine at this point not even better than Bobby McMahon? Like, stop. Hold on, hold on. Let's before you say anything else. Bobby, Bobby McMathews. McMahon, Bobby, McMahon. Bobby McMathews is one of the fucking greatest players I've seen in my life recently. That empty net goal the other night. That just, is like just hard work. work. You know who he just is? Not dude. Not even that one. The one, the one where he powered himself around Gudis, and then took took the the hit, made took, the play. The, well, he got the call, 
And a lot of guys would have just given up and like, we're getting a power play. Yeah. Kept pushing and led to the goal. So we need to protect Bobby McMatthews at all costs. But so, okay, but hold on. I think the reason why Matthews doesn't get the respect and it's loosely related to Bobby McMahon is that no one else on the team is scoring other than like Bobby McMahon. Because if you look at Austin Matthews, you're like, holy shit, he scored 49 goals in 53 games. How does he only have 73 points? It's because he has 24 assists because no one else's fucking team can score. So that's that's what he's running up against. When you look at if you just look at the leaderboard of most points in the league, he's not even close. I just also think too, like, look at his even strength goals comparatively to the next guy to him. It's I think he's like 12 ahead of whoever's behind him in even strength goals as well. Yeah, but I think that's where he's going to get... Again, that's... Hmm. Is is this a situation where he becomes, you know, in the Alex Ovechkin category as opposed to a Sidney Crosby category? And and hear me out on this. He's, he's going to be a really great player, but does he make others around him better? I don't know. I think, you know, when, when you look... Like, a lot of guys look for him, right? And I don't know if that's his fault necessarily... But it it doesn't seem like there's a ton of opportunity. Like he's the trigger man, bar none, right? So, well, why would he be right? Right. But then you look at you look at guys like Sid or you know McKinnon or even McDavid. Like they have they elevate those around them. I don't know if Matthews can elevate the people around him. There's a stark difference though, comparatively. I wouldn't put Sid in this category necessarily, just because. We all know what Sid can do. That dude's walking into the Hall of Fame. Like they may change, they may do what they did for Gretzky and just when he retires, he automatically goes in. Not just for what he did on the ice, but off the ice for the game as well. But so like Sid's free from this. The difference is, is not only is Matthews doing this in terms of goal production, but his defensive game has been Selkie level this year as well. Like for he's sure. not just scoring, he's stopping from scoring. What's the knock on McDavid that's been his entire career? Doesn't know how to play defense. What's been the knock on Dry Settle his entire career? Doesn't know how to play defense. I'll be honest, I don't watch a ton of Avalanche games because one, we get shoved the Canadian teams down mm-hmm. our throat. And usually I'm looking for whatever game's on that's easy to watch instead of having to watch a weird third party stream that I'm getting porn ads. Where I'm getting like every intermission, I get a pop up that says, Big booty girls want you now. And I'm like, No, they don't. <laughs> so, but the thing is, though, is not only is he doing this at a torrid pace that we haven't seen since like Brett Hall, Lemieux days, but he's also not sacrificing defense. If anything, he's elevating his defense. Right. But would you, would you say he elevates his line mates? In a way, yeah, because how would that dude get free to score 49 goals in 53 games if he's not? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like the struggle to find a steady winger for them. But again, I guess that argument could have been made for Crosby. Like, they tried, well, no, because again, they found Crosby, Crosby got Kunitz on a Team Canada, right? Like, that's. I don't think there's any concern with his line mates, with Mitch Marner and Matthew Nyes at this point. Well, no, there was. I mean, they moved Nyes down to the fourth line. Yeah, they, they he's moved. a rookie. Yeah. Like, it, it's different if Nyes has been like a five, six-year vet. I, I could understand, you know, people being concerned. But, like, 
for Nice to go through a full season and to have to go from, let's be honest, you can play in college and be Matthew Nice and be the best player in college. That's fine. The best player in college is not, let's oh, be no. realistic, crack. Yeah. You, like you're playing with different talent, right? Yeah. Yeah, I but just, okay. I, I so wonder consider, like, if even having the question, like if that, like, did you see you know his I mean? goal yesterday? It was a nice goal. Oh, he, Pareko's still looking for his jock. But I just wonder if you surveyed the GMs around the league, if they thought Austin Matthews made the players around him better. I wonder how many well, of them would vote yes. Well, ask yourself this question Does Michael Bunting deserve four and a half million dollars a season right now? That's. A really good point. Does Zach Hyman get that contract if he doesn't play with Matthews and Marner? I mean, that man's also going to score 50 goals. Yeah, <laughs> Zach season. Hyman right now is definitely benefiting from uh, <laughs> Connor McDavid. But, right. But, but you again, know what I mean? no, but like he got that ridiculous contract that was like, what, like seven years of 5.5 a year? Like that was unheard of for, I'm not sure unheard of, but it was a, a price that the lease couldn't pay because Matthews made him a great player. Now he's still a great player. He's playing very well for Edmonton. He's going to be on team Canada. I'm not saying he's not a good player. It's just, there's been yeah. guys playing with Matthews who have no, developed. Sure. Exhibit would, a and exhibit B. Perfect. Like that's, I would say, I, I would say though, like the way that it looks with Hyman is not only did Matthews make him better, but what he did is, is he, I wouldn't say he literally sat him down and taught him, but through playing together, Hyman learned how to play with high level players with his skill set. Right. So I say that when he goes to Edmonton and he starts playing with McDavid or Dry Saddle on the wing there, he can already say, I don't need to be this or try to be this. I just have to be or I have to play like this. He knows what he has to do to be successful with high end players. He figured it out. It's it's honestly a cheat code. And guys like Bunting, Nyes, I mean even Bertuzzi, although I'm not worried about Bertuzzi. That dude is, I'd be worried if he wasn't getting chances, but he's getting fantastic looks. It's just really awkward bounces. But I mean, those guys should be modeling their play style in terms of hockey IQ after guys like Zach Hyman. So this episode is going to air Wednesday morning, Wednesday evening, late Wednesday evening. It's going to be 10 o'clock start. The Maple Leafs are playing in the mullet. But Austin Matthews is one goal away from 50 goals. In his home state. Is this the most slam dunk anytime goal scorer bet you've ever (laughs) placed in your life? Yeah. I think like that's a Leafs by 1.5. Matthews anytime goal scorer. Matthews four plus shots. Nylander anytime goal scorer. That's a hefty parlay right there. Negative money. You have to pay. You bet $5 to scores. (laughs) You have to pay another dollar. Yeah. Like you're getting, they're taking more money from you. Yeah. I I think it's going to, yeah, it's going to be Austin Matthews, anytime goal scorer. Matthew Nyes, also another, he's an Arizona boy too, yeah, isn't he? Is. Another anytime goal scorer. And I will take the Coyotes to win that game. Fuck off. That's just, that's just, remember when John Tavares uh, went to New York Islander, or play, played in the island and got his got thousands his fucking point. And, and the Islanders won in overtime. And I'll give you one guess who's going to score that game-winning goal for the Coyotes. Clayton Keller. No. Ooh, I like that answer, no, but no. Alex Kerfoot. It'll be Alex Kerfoot. Yeah, it is. Mr. Harvard graduate himself, 
Alex Kerfoot will get the overtime game. How many game goals goal. does that Jabroni have this year? I can tell you in just a second. I just hit right click and open a new tab, and I scroll to the bottom of the page, and Alex Kerfoot has eight goals this year. Wow! I mean, you glad, glad, glad we threw that money at him. I know. I, I mean, he's actually on pace for a lot more goals than he's ever scored for the Maple Leafs. So um, he's actually having a decent year because he's got thirty-one points in fifty-five games. For last what year, worth? Alex Kerfoot. Kerfoot had ten goals last year in Fuck eighty-two off. games. Bobby Mack has six goals. This guy has eight. Just saying. I'll take, yeah, I'll Bobby, take Bobby McMatthews. McMatthews all day. Another question. Yep. How many of the 5,000-seat Mullet Arena is dedicated, bought by Matthews and Nyes? 5,000. <laughs> That's usually all Leaf fans. Nyes has already said he has 60 tickets out for his uh, friends and family. And he joked that, like, that's probably an entire section. It actually might be more than an entire section, honestly. But I, full, I mean, if you saw the Edmonton game or even some of the highlights of Edmonton in uh, Arizona the other day, it was probably 75% Oilers fans. And that's a team that doesn't have Austin Matthews and Matthew Nyes. So, or a team that doesn't have a fan base as... And let's be honest, like, this isn't us being homers. The Leaf fan base is the biggest in the league. Like, yeah, and they out. travel a lot too, yeah. right? So, especially Arizona, where it's a snowbird state, where there's going to be a lot of Canadians down there vacationing during this time of year, um, things like that. I wouldn't be surprised if it's eighty percent Leaf fans there. Yeah, for I would say worth, for sure. Matthew Nyes has ten goals, two more than Kerfoot. Matthew Nyes had it. Is, is question? Did Austin Matthews elephant? Elevate Alex Elephant. Elevate Alex Kerfoot. Hit it. Hit it. Adora Forest, Ophelactory, Marinations. Did he elevate Alex Kerfoot's game beyond seven or eight goals a season? No, because they didn't play together. Yeah. Yes, I mean, they did. they play together sometimes. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, there was times they put him on the wing. Why the fuck did he... <laughs> Sheldon Keith. Okay, you know what? We don't have time for this conversation, but this motherfucker well, just loves... Quickly, blending his lines. Quickly on that though, um, good for him to learning how to deploy Ryan Reeves. I think he's finally figured it out. Uh, Reeves has looked a little bit better. By the way, did you see that picture of Reeves, Marner, and what's his name with the with the Reeves uh, is yoked. jacked. He is yoked. That I mean, man is so. a yeah. beast. But um, yeah. similarly, have you seen the Phil Kessel picture of him sitting in the locker room? <laughs> Not jacked. Did you just looking like a dad bod? Like yeah. nobody else. Did beer you see league him on the skate that he beer did with the AHL team. Oh, one lap, winded. Like <laughs> I'm a stand up for yeah. the, for those who can't see. I'm standing up right now. I'm Phil, just hunched over, hands on his knees. Oh yeah, um, hefty Reeves, breather. Reeves being out there at the end of the Anaheim game, or was it the Philly game? Which one was it? Anaheim. Maybe both. It was the Anaheim game, I think, yeah. I know Just to make Anaheim sure no sure. dumb shit happened. Like, that's that's the deploy. It sounds silly that it's six seconds or whatever, but that's the deployment. Him basically being there, so Gudis is like, I don't know why this is a problem. Like you said, like, of course Gudis is going to say, I don't know why this is a problem because he doesn't want to get his teeth punched in by Ryan Reeves, right? Gudis was significantly less a problem to any other team he's faced because mm-hmm. he didn't want to get punched out by Ryan Reeves. And... Who's the other tough guy they have? Johnson or Johnson or whatever on Anaheim? I forget his name. But there was the hit Benoit had, and Reeves knew what was coming to Benoit. It was a perfect hit on Carrick. It was clean. 
He lit him up. Carrick had his head down. No one wanted anything to do with Reeves. The second he stepped in there, Gudis stepped away. Carrick didn't come anywhere close to Benoit. And Johnson came over and Reeves just looked at him and the dude did a flyby. He did the fake Kevin Garnett tough guy flyby where he lips him. He stops with him for two Waits seconds. For the Reeves refs. pushes him. Yep. And then turns around, skates away. The I mean, thing, and that like that allows Benoit to throw these hits, right? Like, I know we're digressing a bit. And here, McCabe, but I I really yeah, I really like how they've deployed Ryan Reeves. Like, they seem to have figured it out. He made one mistake they called out on the last broadcast where they were down on the forecheck and there was a line change, and he could see that Marner and Matthews were out, and he stayed when he should have changed, and he took a penalty instead of line changing. That's where he sh- he needs to to smarten up and be like it's time to get the yeah. fuck off the ice. But however, yeah. I feel like they've they've kind of figured out how to balance him in there, and I I wouldn't be surprised if you know this is this is how it goes to balance the Euro. Well, I think he's skating better too because he's getting opportunities at the net. He's on the forecheck. I mean, yeah. he's not the fastest guy, but if you can get in there a little, even a little bit behind the guy, make him look because there was the play against Ottawa where um, Shabbat had his head on a swivel and it because Reeves was bearing down on him, right? And you defensemen make mistakes and you're not asking him necessarily. I mean, you want him to be first on the puck, but if you can just get there and make the defenseman whip the puck around or make a mistake or double clutch, you're happy. For and what that's what he's doing too. In his last one, two, three, four, five games, he only has four penalty minutes and is a minus two, which isn't terrible compared to how he started the season. Right. No, I agree. So. Well, the Leafs had a fun weekend, that's for sure. And someone else who was hoping to have a fun weekend was the NBA. They had their NBA All-Star weekend this past weekend. And there's a lot to unpack here. Let's start with the All-Star game itself because I think we don't need to have a long conversation about this because I think we all I think we might already be all on the same page here. Who cares? <laughs> like, it's Stephen not for A. Smith us. said it bad. Like they don't try. Like and it's no. a slap in the face to the fans. Like there's zero defense being played. Nobody's making effort. He had this huge rant about the last good All-Star game was 2001. And well, it, it, it's it's hard because who what are what are they playing for? The players. What do they care? And I feel like there is a a disconnect of whether the players want to be there or not. And yeah, I mean, there needs to be some sort of incentive. But the problem is, even if you're like, it's a million dollars. Like, what's a what's a million dollars divided amongst these fucking guys who make gajillions, right? Yeah, like a million dollars to these guys is a drop in the bucket. So I don't know what the answer is to incentivize that game, but they clearly don't give a shit. But does it need to be incentivized? Like, does it matter if this game is competitive or not? I don't think it does. It's the same argument for hockey, though. But you want to put something forth for these fans. Like, it's supposed to be a celebration for fans, really. Yeah, but I don't know if you need the all-star game. Like, you do it because you're going to sell tickets to it anyways. I think the highlight 
for the NBA, and I think it's been like that for a long time. Ever since Vince Carter became Air Canada, I feel like the highlight for the NBA All-Star Weekend is the dunk contest and three-point contest. Not no more. That dunk contest was a snooze fest. That dunk contest did McClung suck. Was That's good. also... It was fine, but like, I mean... The, the hype where people are jumping out of their seats and getting all excited for dunks, it, it's gone. Like, no one's doing anything new. It's because the they same. need to bring trampolines in. Have, have I, slam I mean, ball. Yeah, bring in slam ball dunking to the fucking dunk contest. You can get an LED court. You can get a slam ball trampoline court in there. But I don't... But like, maybe they have the in-season tournament final there or something. I don't know. Yeah. So that it, it's worth something. I don't... Like, I just don't know. Like... It, I feel like ending with a game is so natural because it's across literally every other sport. I think right somehow, I, or maybe three on I three, agree. like the like the hockey does. No, I I agree. Maybe like a half court like street ball type type game you do where you do that'd be like cool. You said three on three. They yeah. played a twenty one, a twenty one tournament. Yeah, that'd be cool. A three on three tournament where not even twenty one. You played at like ten or eleven or twelve, and you know. So just something different that, you know, can at least get you to be like, hey, this is different. You know, if what you I mean? do eight team captains and they each get to pick two players, that'd be amazing. And they did three on three yeah. tournament. Let's go. That I'm down cool. for that. Fuck, man. That's a good idea. <laughs> Look, we came up with that all in three minutes. But I, I, I agree there's a place for something, but it it definitely has to be. Not just these guys on the court, because yeah, they mail it in, right? Or they don't... you know, what you do you have the and one mixtape guys come in, and they don't the NBA guys don't want to show get shown up by fucking the professor and shit. So that's true. Well, he's what like eighty now. I know he's like eighty now, but like the next professor junior, whoever <laughs> you know what I mean. Do that. I do. I do. I do think there should be some kind of. It'd be cool if the leagues did the whole thing like baseball. I don't know if baseball still does it where home field advantage for the finals or the they World took Series. that away i think right which was dumb because i think it was kind of a cool idea it's like you're not just incentivizing ver- with a reward but you know if you're someone like um carl anthony towns right and you're in a position in the playoffs that you could say hey if we win this game we get home court advantage you know for the west like two whatever. guys on the team are trying really hard everyone else is like ah, eh, fuck it <laughs> Carl Anthony you know Towns out there scoring 400 points. Everyone's like, nah. there's two schools of thought though. Like, I agree that that was cool when baseball did that, but I remember, and you know, I don't remember the, what the pitcher, who the pitcher was, but I remember there was a pitcher starting in the All Star game, Ding and, he got, and he got lit up in the first inning. And after the game, they're they're interviewing him. And he's like, well, it's the All Star game. No one wants me to like paint the corners like people want to see fucking dingers like and then fast forward to the postseason and then his team is in the world series final and he doesn't get home field advantage because he wanted to throw meatballs in the all-star game so i get it from both sides where it's good to have some sort of incentive to make the players want to participate but also that's a really big stipulation at the end of the day so then think about it hear me out do the million dollars or like two million or whatever, and then do the three on three. It's it's a lot more money to split two million amongst three guys than yeah, it but is. But these guys are making thirty million dollars a season. Who gives a shit? And then put a charity on the line too. They don't give a fuck about charity. <laughs> like if they give a fuck about charity, like this, I don't know. 
I shouldn't say they don't give a fuck about charity, but what I'm saying is I don't know if that would incentivize them any more than if they personally got the money because they personally got the money. Well, I'll tell you, it would incentivize them more than if they split it 12 ways. Yeah, splitting a million dollars 12 ways from professional athletes is ridiculous. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So maybe maybe there's something, but I think there's there's something something, to the three-on-three. Yeah. They should, uh, and they should use that um, 3D printed air ball that is all like famous now next year and for the All-Star game and see how that goes. That thing's sick. Yeah. Have you seen this? Yeah. No. You ha- you haven't seen the 3D printed ball? No. It's a ball. Oh, that- is that the, one, the airless ball? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I did see that. I think yesterday I saw it come up my timeline. Yeah. It's pretty sick. They should that they should use that for the next year's All-Star game just to see how it works in a live game. Well, they do like to test out some stuff in the All-Star game. Yeah. And they were testing out the LED court. I like it. I'm in. Look. Okay, look, <laughs> you guys give me shit about this because you don't like yeah. fun. I said I don't like fun. Okay, <laughs> you don't I like just things to be too fun. much. Look, James, perfect fucking example. Okay, clutch your out pearls, your, bud. Clutch those pearls. Out of your chicken lips yesterday, what did you say <laughs> about guy. Monday Night Raw last night? Oh no, to I me. get it. Less, less is more. Less what per person? What do you say? Less, less red color and red lights. I got it. Oh, oh, where did the dude? Where did the red, not, color, red lights come from? But it's where not. Where did the red, color, red no, lights come on. from, James? No, hang on. It's not. It's not the like raw. Isn't the the what is it? The sprite, whatever or whatever it was. The no, excuse me. It was starry, starry not sprite. Starry. And, yo, those mascots are sick because it's if, a lemon. If raw was doing a starry battle royale. Sure, put the lights up because they're sponsoring well, it. Like the Mountain Dew pitch black match? Yes. Right? It doesn't have to be good. It just has to appease the, the sponsor. Because the Mountain Dew pitch black had rave reviews. It just has to appease the sponsor. Who gives a fuck? Uh, like, you're obviously not going to have that for the fucking normal game. I know. I just think it could have been done in a way that it wasn't so fucking green. That's kind of what I would my like issue to see was. what replicated hardwood would have looked like. But they did it. Actually, they did it for Jalen Brown. They put the yeah. the Boston court down. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it looked like the Boston court. It looked cool yeah. shit. Yeah. No, like I I, li- I liked it. I also, if you notice, they took a page out of what we said last week was, you know, do something different. Maybe have the LED when you said they were doing the LED court, we're like, they should turn off the lights in the whole arena and just have the court illuminate everything. And they did. It looks sick. I, like I know the you said it was super green when guys are yeah. running. Like it was, it, it's different. It's cool. I know they said they couldn't use it for a real game yet, but there will be a time they'll figure it out. Um, Kenny, I think Kenny said that, or Reggie Miller said that they were trying it. What, and they said, by the way, reverse shout out to Kenny Smith. No, I was gonna say maybe we should have a new segment called Shoutouts and Callouts. Okay, where it's like I, a shoutout for good things and callouts for people that. I do want to get to that. The one thing I'll say before we get to that, though, if we're shooting threes, okay, and we have a digital court, and we could do whatever we want with the court. I know they're gonna move the lines. You think? Oh no, no, no! That's my like, yeah, my conspiracy, conspiracy theory. theory. No, our, our, forget that. Why is the key there? You know what I mean? Like, why is there other lines on the court if visual, we're just shooting for the, threes? Visual for the shooter because it's. Yeah. yeah, it's a distance visual and not just that. It's a habit thing because they're used to seeing it. And so when they're shooting, it's probably adds to their habit and the routine of okay. 
shooting the ball that they see it out of the peripheral and it's probably like a comfort thing. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, that's a perfectly reasonable explanation. Then let's go over to what uh, Mr. Kenny Smith said. Just transfers over to the next hour. Okay, cool. Thanks. No, but, but his point. Okay, so the the backlash on Kenny Smith, and I think what I'm see if I can find the exact quote of what he said. Well, he was talking if about Sabrina. Want, if you I want to look into it, I'll find it. The measurements were shorter, and the ball was smaller, so it's not a competition. So he said she should have shot from the line. There's a woman's tee in golf, and there's a men's tee for a reason. She should have shot it from the woman's line. Excuse me. The former Houston Rockets guard said that would have been a fair contest. I still support support Sabrina, but she should have shot it from the women's from where women shoot from. I mean, if we're hold on, if we're just saying that removing the key for my visualization benefit and no other reason, <laughs> you don't want to do that because your rhythm is to see the lines and you have a rhythm right. of these things. But if she's shooting from farther away than what she normally does, that's arguably fucking with her rhythm wouldn't it for sure yes but she shot 26 the same as dame lillard yeah she did really well yeah. <laughs> she did real so well. <laughs> so that's you know so i think the spirit of what he was trying to say and i don't i'm not putting words in his mouth or anything but i think he, his heart was in the right place i think what he was trying to say was if she was shooting the the three-point line from where she normally shoots from she might have won the competition yeah, I think you might be right on what he was trying to say, but I think the problem was he had been kind of a prick. He was a prick all night, though. Yeah. For no was, reason. Yeah, he was kind of a D-bag for, like, the whole night. Like, like almost like gatekeeping the whole sport for oh, some reason. He was just, like, just making snide comments about things that, like, I don't I don't remember Kenny being that much of a prick. Like, I remember he was like talking Penny. about... They were talking about... He was, like, criticizing, like, Dominique or something, and... Shaq said something like, we're still trying to figure out why you were in the dunk contest. <laughs> like, shot back <laughs> at him, which I thought was pretty funny. But um, I enjoy I enjoyed the the skills thing. I enjoyed the three-point. The three-point was pretty good. The, the three-point should be the new... The three-point should be the new marquee event. I, I, I think, like, the dunk contest is... Like I said, it's worn thin. It's guys doing a variation of the same thing. It's it either between the legs stars. or yeah. It needs like it needs you're being like, carried by a G League guy. Somebody I forget who said it. I maybe it was Kenny who said it after the broadcast. Said the guy who's going to make the dunk contest good again is coming. We just don't know who it is yet. He's sent it and all he's young, whatever. Like he's coming. We just don't we just haven't seen him. Like we just don't know who it is. So But that's like anything, right? Like that's yeah. the next phenomenon hockey, right? Or the next you know, great baseball player. Like they're coming, they're going to revive. It's the same with anything. I just think relying on that and just waiting for that is not a good practice. They need stars. They, you know, they know for sure. But where's I think Anthony Edwards? Time, yeah. I think for the time being though, switch it. Dunk contest, three point shooting. Cause at least there's some drama with the three point shooting. Well, the right? fact that a fucking G league guy is one back to back and they don't even give him time in the, in the show. Yeah, yeah. You probably shouldn't have G League guys performing in this thing. <laughs> like, you probably should. It's the NBA All Star Game. That's all I'm saying. And you probably should feature NBA guys. Yep. Or, or WNBA people as well. Or get, anyways, get, get a street baller. Like, there's the guy that is the weird, um, 
like scrawny white dude who with the painted hair who's can jump and get his head like above the rim. Yeah, but it gets to a point where it's like you're not all stars. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's none of those guys well, in the dunk contest his, were all stars. No, except their Jaylen. mom said they're all stars. <laughs> My mom hey said all star. You're an all star. Get your game on. Go play. Should played that. You know, it's not just the NBA though that tests out things at the All Star game. Major League Baseball tested out something at the All Star game last year, and it got grave, uh, grave, <laughs> Freudian slip. It got rave reviews. All the players were saying, "Wow, this is great. I really like this." So, what happened was they took that advice to heart and said, "Okay." Cool. And Nike, in conjunction with, um, God, I'm, I'm losing the name of the the actual manufacturer right now of these new jerseys for the Blue Jays or Blue Jays for all Major League Baseball fanatics. There it is. I was gonna say, where are you going with this? <laughs> it's fanatics. fanatics and Nike. So it's actually just manufactured by Fanatics, and they put Nike's logo on it. Last year at the All-Star Game, they tested out these new jerseys, and all the players loved them. And now, fast forward to spring training officially starting for Major League Baseball. The players are getting their new 2024 jerseys, and they're saying, what the fuck is this thing? And it's not just the players, because if you go on MLBshop.com or wherever the fuck right now, and you try to buy yourself an authentic Major League Baseball jersey, an authentic one. You are essentially getting the exact same thing you would have got when you bought a replica last year. It's all screen printed on. There's no big embroidered, stitched on logos anymore. It it looks like a t-shirt. Now, it might be a, a nice, slim-fitting, cool material that is comfortable to wear. But when you compare it to what baseball jerseys used to be. Well, here it says embroidered swoosh, heat applied twill logo. Mm. So embroidered, honestly, it's they might have stitched on the outline of the logo, but it is all screen printed. on. No, the swoosh, I think, is embroidered. Everything else is iron on. Is, is yeah, I heat ironed on, so it's like raised and feels embroidered, but it's essentially like a decal that's been heat printed on. I don't think Regardless, it feels embroidered. Can... I think it feels flat. I think if I order my DH gate jerseys, everyone's gonna be like, "These are the same thing." Honestly, well, your DH gate might be better quality than what they are current. Now, by better quality, I mean it may look more like a traditional uh, yeah, baseball jerseys jersey. of yesteryear. Yeah. The other major concern is on the flip side. So if you look at the back of the jerseys, the Batterman logo used to be right at the top of the collar. It's like the bottom of it, right? Yeah, they've dropped it down to the bottom of the collar, which in turn has shrunk everything else down. So a name that used to go from shoulder to shoulder in straight letters, now everyone has a curved name around the numbers. I was wondering about that because I was looking at the one that they have for the Jays on the MLB shop and it's Bo Bichette. And yeah, it was a rainbow type name. For what it's worth, 
I know, how, like, we're like, oh, these fucking jerseys. Soccer kits have been like this for a long time. And yeah. nobody gives a fuck. So, in basketball jerseys. Right? Like, I don't, I, I think, listen, embroidered's great. It does make them heavier. This is easy to play in. As much as they suck now, in three years, you'll forget about it. I, I mean, I feel like in two weeks, the players will forget about it. Well, the players have taken it to their PA? Players Association Union, and they have filed a grievance, I believe. So we'll see. I think the players' issue is not just on the jersey. Like Allegedly, there's also less customization options that they've had before, not just with the jersey, but with their pants as well. So I'm sure there's other factors as not just the jersey, but... It doesn't look good. So, but you're right. I mean, maybe in a few years we'll forget all about it, and that's just going to be the standard going forward. I'll say this about the customization thing for anyone who says, oh, my God, just suck it up. For a professional athlete, routine and habit and what you've been doing for 30 years means everything. Like one minor change to make you think or uncomfortable or kind of shift around a little more or whatever, it can throw you off. Ask someone like Sidney Crosby most superstitious dude in almost all of sports, right? Like the joke was that they, Colby Armstrong was telling a story this week where, you know, Sid's rookie season, he roomed with Sid and arm dog had um, like McDonald's and a cup double cheeseburgers in the room at like one in the morning, coming back from somewhere, had it ordered in Sid woke up and was like, Hey, can I have one of those? And they joked, they're like, could you imagine if you gave Sid a double cheeseburger and he went out and had four goals and two assists that game? He would have woken up at one in the morning every night of game, like before game and had a double cheeseburger before every fucking hockey game. Like these guys are creatures of habit. So that part I understand. But in terms of if they're like, oh, this doesn't look like a high quality premium jersey, that shit, who gives a fuck? You're playing a game. You're still getting paid. 30 sheets a year to swing a little piece of wood to like a little canvas ball. Well, some guys are not getting paid at all right now. <laughs> and that's it's, if it's also awesome how some of the things I've said have given you your transition. I'm trying. <laughs> I think you're doing very well. It's a tag team effort. We should have the um, Well, steal it from James and give it to me. <laughs> There's a number of guys who are exceptional major league baseball players. We're talking about Blake Snell, Cody Bellinger, Jordan Montgomery, Matt Chapman, JD Martinez, all without a contract, even though we are officially starting spring training right now. And that's Jeez. a big deal yeah. because baseball is a long season and you need to be prepared when the season starts. We always see it in April where pitchers, pitch really well in April and then everyone else kind of catches up to the, the bats. Their bat speed kind of catches up as the season goes on. But if you don't have spring training under your belt, it might be June, July, by the time you start catching up to these fastballs or whatever else they're throwing at you. And the reason it would appear, and maybe this is a causation and not actual uh, correlation, but or the opposite, actually. All five of these players happen to be represented by Scott Boris. Now, we know, as Toronto Blue Jays fans, the second you see Scott Boris's name attached to any player, you know, all right, fuck it. <laughs> the Jays aren't signing this guy. Who's next? Who, like, who else is available? 
the second you see Scott Boris, you're like, all right, fuck it. It's, and I wonder how many other GMs are like that, where they see Scott Boris's name and like, ah, fuck it, we'll just go someone else. We'll go somewhere else. I don't care that you know Blake Snell is a Cy Young winner. We'll, we'll we'll find someone else. We'll figure it out. I don't care. If Matt Chapman is the best defensive player available in free agency. We'll find someone else. No big deal. And I think it seems like a lot of teams have gone that route of saying, we're done. We spent our money. We have our guys at spring training. We're, we're getting ready for the season. Like, we're done. And I can't imagine a world where this season starts without Snell and Bellinger and Montgomery playing somewhere. But I could see Chapman and Martinez slipping under the cracks and still waiting around in April. And that's a bad look for Scott Boris. Now, when asked about this, Boris said, I signed 18 free agents this year. <laughs> like, he's been busy. And it's not like teams are actively boycotting Scott Boris' clients. Like, he has signed a whole bunch of guys this offseason. But these higher-priced ones, nothing yet. Well, that's because they know that the mid-tier guys below the top tier that are Boris guys they can work something out, get it done, whatever. Boris is going to be maximizing on the top tier guys. And what happens is, is they just don't want to deal with it. Guys don't want an aging Cody Bellinger and Boris to break their nuts on an extra 8 million a year for an extra two years for a guy like that. When they can get, slightly lesser production for if infinitely less and not have to deal with the headache that is caught Boris. Some of these contending teams or even like borderline contending teams, once they start spring training and they see some of these guys that they were counting on, their bats not moving the way they should or a pitcher's arm isn't someone they thought might... These, that's when these guys are going to get contracts. And if I were them, that's when I'd hold out till because some of these teams are going to get desperate. You know what I mean? Like if, if you think, and I'm not saying specifically, but if you're like the Phillies or the Cubs and you had a pretty good year last year, Phillies had a really good year, uh, but the Cubs had a pretty good year, all things being said, you you go into spring training, you see what you have and you're, I don't like it. Then you're probably picking up the phone again and you're calling Mr. Boris and you're saying, what? okay, what's it going to take for Cody to get on this team? And he's going to have them by the nuts, and they're going to be desperate, and they're going to pay. It might be a one-year deal. It might be a two-year deal. They might not get term, but these guys will get contracts. They just need to wait for these teams to see what they've got. And the, trust me, there's 30 teams in MLB. There's teams that are going to be like, I don't like our rotation. Uh, I don't like where we sit at you know, fifth in the lineup for, for our bats. I, here's the thing, though. Someone like Blake Snell... I don't care what team you are. He's coming in. He's your ace. <laughs> so like, it's it shouldn't be like, oh, let's wait and see what we have with Alec Manoa before we go get Blake Snell. Like, no, like you already know that he's better than that option. So you would have to hope for a monumental collapse of your of your rotation to say, oh shit, I need a, a an ace all of a sudden. Yeah, but there are teams that I think you know they're they're counting on guys and they might not come through. And I think those are teams where. You know, I look at, like, let's say Seattle, right? Now, they don't like to spend a ton of money, but they let Robbie Ray go. You know, they, they really should be contending for a 
a playoff spot. Well, they maybe let Teoscar Hernandez go too. So maybe that's I don't a know what's going on in Seattle. Maybe that's a destination. Well, did you see? I think Julio Rodriguez had quite the tweet or something uh, about about that, like saying that why not us or something about playoffs? I don't I don't remember what it was. There was something he tweeted or or he had an Instagram post, but. You know, maybe that's maybe they look at like a Snell and they say, okay, this shores up our, our rotation a bit. There's just, I don't know. I would say you, you like if they're not signed now, give it a week or two into spring training, they'll get contracts. When do you worry though if you're those players and you're not signed? Like, what's the point of worrying? Season start? I don't think any of those guys are are unsigned past the beginning of the season. But if I if I were there worrying, I would say halfway through spring training, I'd be like, "What the fuck's going on?" Well, they can. There's jobs to be had, and there's teams who are giving guys a, a chance to make their roster, and the Blue Jays are giving Daniel Vogelbach a chance to make this fucking <laughs> roster. I just want to hear the Whopper song. Does he I actually have the Whopper underst- song as his walk up? He does. He has the Burger King Whopper song as his walk up music. This guy, listen, I want to know what Joey Votto did to Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro. Dude, they might if you're, he might, there's always been a long-standing thing that he has no interest in playing here. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. I don't, it just seems crazy to me that you're going to give an opportunity to Daniel Vogelbach to make this team when he's a career 220 hitter. A guy who... He played on the Blue Jays before and hit zero as a Blue Jay. Now, to be fair, he played two games, but still, <laughs> there was a time where he, the Jays have been down this road before. Yeah. And I'm not well, sure why they're going back to it because could you imagine a situation where it's like, all right, um, we're going to have Alejandro Kirk hitting it near the bottom of the lineup. Kirk is hitting eighth. All right. And Volga back and, ninth. And yeah, no, no, so yeah, so Kirk gets on with like he gets hit by a pitch or something, could hit him in the gut. And then you'll have, all right, we need a couple runs here. Let's get Vogel back up to pinch hit in, in the nine hole because <laughs> obviously it should be a single. I, <laughs> Isaiah Kiner Falefa is up at nine, so you're like, fuck, this guy can't hit. So it's let's a, throw in Vogel back to um, get, be a pinch hitter because that's all he's going to be. He's going to be dude, a pinch hitter only. It's a he double, will not play in the field. Hits a line drive into uh, off the ground into right field, double play. From right field to second base to first. <laughs> so then Vogelbach gets up and he smokes a ball into the corner. And it's a, it's a single because Kirk can't run fast. So you have runners on first and second with Kirk and Vogelbach. And then top of the lineup, here's George Springer. And he's going to fucking pop it up. And you're like, all right, well, that's the ball game. Blue Jays lose 2, two nothing. You, you literally just summed though? up the Jays season in 30-second comment. You know what's crazy about the Jays, though? They had one of the best rotations in the MLB last year, and it's shaping up to be better. Well, I wonder how much of that best rotation in baseball or one of the best rotations in baseball had to do with Matt Chapman playing third base. Because how many times a ball would be grounded there, and you're Black like, thank fuck, Bo Bichette didn't have to field that because Matt Chapman's there. <laughs> like, how many, like, how often do you think they worked on to say, if it's within the realm of possibility that Chapman can swallow up that ball. They're probably like, Bo, stay the fuck away. Yeah, which is well, the opposite I mean, normally what the, you do. The outfield is unchanged, so the run prevention from the outfield should be just fine. Yeah. Uh, Kiermaier is actually a lot younger than I thought he was. 
but uh, like Manoa looks good. Optimistic. Physically looks good, but physically not, he looks good. Well, he's throw, apparently about... he's throwing heat again, so that's which good. is fine. His fast but... his fastball went from like ninety eight to like ninety two. But you're not necessarily worried about the physical. You're worried about what his mental strength is going to this city. Well, this season. True. I mean, he looks positive. He's smiling in in photos, and he's not frowning and angry or whatever. So that's always a good sign. But then Ricky Tiedemann put on like nineteen pounds of muscle. He's like 6'4", 240, and he's throwing 96 miles an hour at the beginning of spring training, which is wild. He's not even stretched out yet, and this man is throwing I 96 just, miles an hour. I the, the Tiedemann thing scares me because of Nate Pearson and all the other pitchers that baseball's littered with, with guys that fantastic upside, big, can throw heat, can do all this shit, and then just they can't do it. Yeah, I think these guys also weren't necessarily committed to physical fitness the way like I read a couple articles and Tiedemann's really looked into like how to recover from sessions and games and throwing. Um I don't know that a guy like Pearson was really into like the physical fitness aspect of it. But I mean baseball seems like it's littered with that though. Like out of the big four sports, I feel like baseball is the one where guys don't take that side of the game into as much consideration. No, I mean, because guys like Bartolo Colon, Big Sexy, were so successful. Like CeCe Sabathia, David Wells. Like these guys have historically been <laughs> just fine. Well, Mark Burley used to drink beer in the free, out in the out in the bullpen. Well, didn't the Red Sox have that whole thing where they used to have fried chicken in the clubhouse and guys would dip in and be eating fried chicken and shit like that <laughs> like in, the, in between innings? Nuts, man. Anyway. But... I, I, I do see what you mean with the upside of Tiedemann to be excited and, you know, the the physical, I guess, improvement of Manoa, both aesthetically and what looks like, you know, in practice. It's just, I think my whole thing, and I was talking to my buddy Ed about this, so, you know, minor shout out to my buddy Ed, not our cousin Ed, just another buddy Ed. Um, I, I think what just puts me so down on this team is the, you look at them and you're like, okay, a lot of these guys are the same, but they're banking on bounce back seasons. Like that's what you're, that's what you're putting your hopes on. Yeah. And you, yeah, you, you should say guys severely underperformed last year. There should be some bounce back, but to the level which they need to be successful is I think way too much to hope for. And I and I think to me, I'm just like, oh, we're gonna get shit on. Or I mean they're projected I mean? to be fourth in the division, so you're not wrong. Yeah. It's not just the bounce back of Manoa that they're hoping for and a bounce back of Vladdy, but they're also like one of their biggest free agent signings, other than Justin Turner, was Yariel Rodriguez, who hasn't pitched a single game in major league baseball in his life. And he's supposed to be in there competing for the fifth spot with Manoa. And that's also assuming that Kikuchi is going to be as good as he was last year, which was also like, that's a hope. Well, that's, well. The other, that's the other thing too, is like, are we hoping that the pitching just carries over? Because if the expectation is that the offensive guys are going to have a bounce back, you also kind of have to have the same expectation for the pitching staff that there's going to be a regression. They're going to come back down to earth. Yeah, like the Gossman-Bassett-Barrios combo was great last year. It's With Kikuchi. 
and yeah, Kikuchi in there as well. And then also you had Ryu at times who now has gone back to Korea uh, to go home and play baseball there, making him Which the highest see, player. I may see him in April. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Let's That's see who he cool. plays for, but continue. Yeah. So he's one of the highest. He actually is the highest player ever in the KBO at this point. But he's gone. So you need a fifth starter, and that's going to be Manoa or Rodriguez or Bowden Francis. I know they're trying to stretch him out and see what he has. Uh, there might be some other surprises that are in the organization. I know there's a kid who played in Vancouver last year that is looking really good in spring training. I forgot his name. doesn't matter. The point is there's always going to be that you know competition for the fifth spot. So there's yeah, they're banking on a lot of things to happen. And I don't think that... Daniel Vogelbach is going to be the answer. I don't think that Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is the answer, but this is the world that they're living in right now. It's, at this point, an ugly-looking lineup. They're bargain-basement hunting. And so you're hoping Orvis Martinez does it does enough to make the team. You hope that David Snyder is going to be you know the home run hitter that he was. You're going to hope that... Fuck, I don't know. Addison Barger maybe can step into this lineup. It's there's a lot of question marks, and we don't have a lot of answers. There's another question mark that came up last night, though. As WWE Monday Night Raw took place in Anaheim, California, and if you weren't aware of that, they only said Anaheim, California, nine hundred times on this broadcast because they recently just signed a agreement to have I think three events in Anaheim every year for the next like three or four years, whatever it is, both WWE and UFC. And that's an important distinction because just sitting front row out of nowhere is Michael Chandler, UFC fighter, who's then being interviewed and grabs the microphone and calls out Conor McGregor for a fight. Says, get your ass back in the octagon. Well, as shit, honestly, like you're seeing this cross promotion between WWE and UFC. But what I will say, I, I'm sure this was intentional. That WrestleMania 40 sign was front and center through this entire thing. Like they could have shot this any other way, but they had that WrestleMania 30 sign, or 30 WrestleMania 40 sign during that entire segment. What are you insinuating? I'm just saying, Conor McGregor at WrestleMania. I don't know if they're going to have the fight there, but. I think this continues. And I think there's something that's going to happen. Michael Chandler, Conor McGregor at WrestleMania. Now, maybe it's team Conor McGregor with Sheamus and Ridge Holland against team Michael Chandler of whoever the fuck. You know what I mean? Like, I think there might be something they can do there to continue the cross-pollination. I, I'll keep this one short. I think maybe there's a little... I think maybe you're reading a little too much i think it's that if that clip gets shared it's free advertising and branding like it's yeah maybe get the sign in there you know the cross promotion they share it on mma they see the sign people get peaked interest whatever the real cross pollination i want to see is guys at a ufc thing and then one guy puts another guy through a table in the middle of the ufc event give me that off the balcony between between <laughs> matches between fights just bring new jack back from the dead he can do it yeah bring him back <laughs> that's still one of my favorite clips of all time 
what we need to bring back is Maven because he has the coolest <laughs> entrance music. <laughs> he just <laughs> makes his big return at a UFC event, puts Cody yeah. Rhodes through a table, calls him out. Let's go. Then makes a YouTube video about it. <laughs> anything, can, anything can happen in the WWE. Or in the world wrestling. I mean, uh, how, do you do you like the hype train they currently have for Mania? Or are it. you kind of like, eh? I, no, I, I sent it. it, and I sent this to both of you because anytime he comes back, it's always a face because he comes. To, mm. He's only there for like a month, does a few promos, couple bumps in between, then the one match, and then he pieces out to go back to Hollywood. Which rightfully so, like I mean, I would be doing the same thing if I was him too. But there's nothing better than heel rock. I don't Honestly, think he's a heel. He had... So this is the great thing about it. I think he's the double is... agent. Well, yeah, and I think you're, you're probably uh... talking way deeper than I. No, Cody said he's taking right everything from Roman, and like I said when we talked about this, the one thing he can't take from Roman is the head of the table. So. I think, I think okay, going to drive him to what, madness. Yeah. So what Maddie's on about is that Rock normally comes in and he's here and he's gone, but I think he's not going anywhere this time. Like he's on the board. That's what I say. Like, he has a vested he, interest in this product at a higher level yeah. than he's ever yeah. had. Yes. And typically, if you look back at all the WrestleMania matches Rock has had, although it may appear like he's here and he's gone, which is technically true of like how he like shows up for WrestleMania, but there usually is a long build for all of his matches. Like he may only show up three times throughout the year, but it's like that. Remember that match with John Cena in WrestleMania 29 or whatever. Like they announced that the year before, like he had his match with John Cena in WrestleMania 28. Then he said, Hey, I'm going to wrestle you next year as well. Or John Cena challenged him for the next year, whatever. And it was a year long build until that match again. I think that's exactly what's happening here with Roman Reigns, where everyone's talking about him saying, the, the, this guy's going to lose at WrestleMania. He very clearly pointed at Roman Reigns, even though he was talking about Cody, but he's pointing at Roman Reigns saying, you're oh, a loser. loser. Yeah. And then when Did they the put L the sign? ones up, when he put the ones up at the end of the segment to acknowledge Roman Reigns, Roman had an, or Rock had an L, which, okay, you could see it either way. Like, I remember seeing The Rock show up at the uh, Scotiabank Arena and start a Let's Go Leafs chant. Like, he just sometimes gets things wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> it's also possible that he just got the one-up thing wrong. But Not when it comes to wrestling, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Everything's intentional with this guy. And when he said on the Pat McAfee show, he's like, listen, just sit back and relax and enjoy the ride I'm about to take you on. Which means and there's more to the story. There is so much more here. But and I love it. The bits that I've seen through, like, I guess, Instagram and TikTok and stuff like that, when he's like chirping fans and shit like that's to me peak rock like when he's dude like, he wore a versace people. vest like let's go right all it needs now to put it over the top he needs that 2003 entrance music again um yeah. i don't know if you maddie feel remember this one i can send it to you later but it was just essentially his same music but slowed down the hollywood yes, i remember rock. that one yeah the, the hollywood, hollywood rock just so good with the helicopter. that was that, that was peak wrestling viewing for me mm. like that was like i pretty much watched when 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 would you say that I stopped like religiously watching Jim? Probably just after that. Yeah, like probably like I uh, know 2010 was probably. Oh, geez, that's way after that. That's like seven years after that. <laughs> right, but um, no, like in say in terms of like watching every Monday and Thursdays and stuff like that, that was probably 2010. Hmm. Well, I think it's about that time for everyone's favorite. 
segment of the week. It's time for everyone's favorite segment of the week because it's a segment where we get to hear Maven's entrance music during his very long run in the World Wrestling Federation that lasted from 2001 to 2001. And if you're unfamiliar with shoutouts, it is where we try to end on a high note. We talk a lot of shit on this podcast sometimes, and it's nice to go out with some positivity. I will... I'll go first. I don't think you guys are going to be using mine. I think I know what James is going to be. My shout-out goes to Sarah Nurse. Of course, a player on the Toronto PWHL team. But let me tell you, Sarah Nurse is a problem out there. Just running fools over. Oh, yeah. An absolute, as Pat McAfee would say, an absolute dog out there. Just, I, during the game, they, they panned the crowd and they had this, uh, sign of a little girl holding up a sign saying uh play like a girl or something like that i'm like fuck yeah that's so cool and seeing how hard all of them were playing but fucking sarah nurse was just head and shoulders above everyone else from a physical aspect and i think that's what if you're going to gain the audience of men's hockey that traditionally watch hockey players like that is what's going to bring in more people into the game. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Sarah Nurse. Cool. Maddie, you want to go ahead, No, go ahead. All right. I My shout out is to someone I used to absolutely loathe when I was a kid. But after seeing this man this week don the penguin uniform one more time, get out there for the skate, the pregame warm-up, see him take his rightful place with the greats for the Pittsburgh Penguins, my shout out is to Yarmor Yager. I'm going to educate you people a little bit because I saw a cool graphic. I don't. It's from HockeyReference.com. Yarmor Yager from 1993 to 2001 compared to Connor McDavid from 2016 to 2024. Era adjusted stats: Yager 607 games, McGregor or McGregor McDavid. Can you imagine Connor McGregor on skates? Uh, <laughs> 660. What is this, Iceman? It's slippery. <laughs> uh, Yager had 387 goals, or would have had. Uh, McDavid, 332 points. Yager, 952. McDavid, 941. They had five scoring titles each, five MVP finalists. Uh, in, in real-time stats, 575 games for Yager, 570 for McDavid. 346 goals for Yager versus 308 for McDavid. 859 points for Yager, but 873 points for McDavid. What I'm trying to say is, ladies and gents, Yammer Yager was as great at Connor McDavid, and we didn't realize it at the time. That man was on a tear nightly, and we took it for granted. So shout out to Yammer Yager. Did you also hear his comments about why he wanted to do this? And get no. out there in a Pittsburgh jersey. He's like, because my girlfriend's too young to ever see this happen. Yeah, because she's like in her mid twenties or late twenties. I think she's like twenty nine years old or something. And yeah. like, what a fucking dude! Fans <laughs> out there, out there, still rocking shifts in the Czechia league, and just how, living his life. How awesome was it too that all the 
pens came out in the mullets in the warm Beautiful. up and shit. It's so cool. I mean, and for guys like Sid who are, you know, kind of historically pretty quiet and private and, you know, like I alluded to earlier, pretty superstitious and ritualized that he did that. Like, that's awesome. The, the salute when I was a kid was so annoying and stupid. But he's, but he's aged so well. Like, he seems so humble yeah. and so cool. Like, I don't know. It's kind of like how Tiger aged a little bit where, you know, he was super serious and shit like that. But as he's gotten older, like you see him joking around, he's laughing on the course and stuff. And we're like, Tiger never did this in his twenties and thirties. True. You know? So no, it's cool. I like that one. That, that was going to be mine until pre-show. You said you were going to take it. And I was like, you know what? For the fact that you hated Yager and I was kind of indifferent, like I respected him, but I didn't hate him. I was like, you, you deserve this one. Capitals Yager was peak hate. Like I, ugh. Yeah, that jersey. I like I said, the Danny Markov salute when uh, the Leafs played him and they beat the Pens and Danny Markov literally as they're celebrating turns around and just goes, fuck me. he's like fuck you and gives him the salute. Yeah, that was that's an all timer. What an underrated Leaf, by the way. I know this is shoutouts and we're like gotta go, but man, Danny Markov, underrated Leaf dude was vicious. Yeah, I love Danny Markov. Anyway, my shoutout goes to one James Duthie. And I, my shout out goes to James Duthie because I was watching this, I was watching his hit on overdrive that he had earlier this week. And I'm like, you know what? This dude has done it all. And like, how cool is it to be someone like James Duthie? He does the masters. He does the super bowl, goes to the Olympics, you know, gets to do hockey in Canada, does the juniors and stuff like that. And he just, he just does it the right way. Do you know what I mean? Like there's very few broadcasters in this country that host, you know, multiple things like that. And you just, you really enjoy it. And it's not because like, and I'm sure he's a fantastic human being and does a lot and stuff like that. But just like, how often can you just sit back and just say, you know what? I actually like watching the host of this broadcast. And it just kind of hit me there. And I was just like, you know what? I'm a big James Duffy guy. And I know he's won a shit ton of, you know, awards in Canada and stuff like that. But man, just wanted to shout out James Duffy. He's a good dude. And shout out to all of you for listening to another episode of 43.6. We'll be back next week. And until then, help control the pet population and have your pets spayed or neutered.